0: This episode is sponsored by Silverback Chaps. Silverback Chaps, they've got your back. Have you ever been curious about Silverbacks but just don't know where to start? Check out the website and use the code LOCKDOWNPC that's LOCKDOWNPC and get 10% off your first order and this is across the whole range from chaps to caps, hats, tees, hoodies and jackets all designed for the working farrier by farriers
1: 20 years as far as we maybe haven't picked up on those early signs. The contributing factor to winning or losing, you know. And it was a
2: 24, 48 hour
0: temporary fixing. You are you are testing your ability to shoot that horse to its And this question very much kind of like sits underneath that. So um, so yeah, so then on top because um, you know once I did that, man, there are so many benefits to doing it that I could not understand why I wouldn't. Welcome to the Lockdown Farriers podcast, the farrier learning resource where we deliver the skills, knowledge, and behaviors for today's modern professional working farrier. Welcome back to the Lockdown Various podcast. Um, we're a little couple of days late going out this week, um, mainly because the guest this week um, got stuck flying back from Italy and then had to catch up on his beauty sleep. But we're, we're here. Um, what's going on? Um, obviously, next weekend's Cavalry Pairs competition in London. Um, I think it's kind of become a bit of a focal point in the competition world in the UK and we do have some overseas people coming over as well it's gone to a two-day competition now um because the amount of entries bit of a strange one because it's a two-man class and you're literally going down to shoot one foot but it's fun and it's a good day out so anyone in that area feel free to pop in and have a look because it's a bit different shall we say My guest this week is a good old friend of mine, Um, he's been on the podcast a few times before, reason he's back is purely and simply, every time we've done something together and we normally do something quite informal, we we chew the fat if you like over a subject, when you look at the download analytics on the podcast, they are by far the most listening to podcast, now whether it's because we're talking sense or people just like hearing our interesting banter, but... He's back, Wayne Priest. as I alluded to earlier, just flown back in from Italy where he's been teaching out there. And he came up to um, the hotel where I stay when I'm down in Hereford, which isn't far from where he lives. And we are just talking about packages, not our packages, but packages. Sometimes we use um, shoeing packages on different horses, different types of lameness. Obviously, there's loads of things to choose from now, from bar shoes, inserts, pads, packers. The the list is... And it's it's growing near enough every day when we look on social media. Whereas some people use use the wrong stuff or the wrong solution, or sometimes use a solution which does make things better, but doesn't isn't like it could be better. There's a lot of confusion. And, you know, people are marketing products out there. And sometimes the marketing can send us down paths, which you know, might not be correct as well. Like most of mine and Wayne's conversations, we do go off on tangents and there's lots of funny anecdotal stories in there as well. So sit back, enjoy, and see you soon. Um, so I've not actually seen you since... When was the last time I saw
1: you? Oh, sometime last no,
0: year. No, tell was we did that shoeboard clinic at Stoneleigh. Yes. That was the last time I saw you. Was that, was that March last year? Think it was. Oh my god. Yeah.
1: yeah it would be, wasn't Jesus. it? Jesus. Yeah, it was early last year because I remember it was quite cold still.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it hasn't warmed up since. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it started raining that day and it's yeah, forgot it, it, to stop. It, it's, it's not stopped. <laughs> um you know. So never sh- mind these shoe packages, we need to be fitting on with flippers.
0: Yeah. Uh, or just put a plastic bag and just sort of like cast it in. But anyway so um said so, that last job i did then <laughs> <laughs> so what you've been up to obviously you're still shooing
1: yeah still shoeing, still
0: running around the, the country but i say still you running around <laughs> around, the, around europe to be honest you know you like the new alan wicker um i see you out in italy quite a lot so what are you doing out in italy
1: yeah, uh the Italy thing's quite interesting. Um it's actually their first ever qualification in Ferrari. Right. <coughs> which they set up um it's the Italian Euro Farrier. Uh-huh. But they've also got it now as it's verified by EFA. So as well as the Italian Euro Farrier, you get the certified Euro Farrier as well. So basically it's a it's a ten session course. Um, so the guys come on. We've got two groups at the minute, um, ten guys in each group. Um, I've done three sessions with each group, and basically we've been going through the, the basic practical, make them fit. Yeah. Um, three quarter followed plain stamped, and the last last one we've done with each of them is concave because they, they've never really used it, but it's on their syllabus now. Right. Well, okay. Um, so the, the, they asked me, you know, would you go through concave? So we've done that, and to be honest with you, I'm surprised how well they've gone on with it. Really, and they've they've really talked to it. Mm. And I think they're realising how kind of useful it can be. Right, okay. You know, because we haven't just done the normal thing. We haven't made unters or anything like that out of it. It's been just normal shoeing with it, and then bar shoes, and then we did an art bar. We've done extensions with it. You know, just showing the adaptability of it and how you can keep the weight down on some of these horses. Because some of the some of the horses they've been you know, they've built these big sections on and a bit heavy. Yeah. You know, so yeah, the I've kind of finished my stint now. Um till September. Uh I think they've got Hans Castellan So they 'Cause they're gonna be working on foals. Uh and then Peter Pierce is going over. Oh okay. Um and Jonathan. Jonathan Nunn's gonna go over. Oh okay. Uh, I think he's doing the oof beats and that with them. Right, a bit of gate analysis and stuff like that, but they'll love it because they're they're a great bunch of guys.
0: Yeah, I mean, I say I, I was just thinking the other day. It was must have been oh beginning of 2017 was last time I went to Italy, and that was over. That was at Giorgio's wasn't Yeah, it? it was at Giorgio's. Yeah. <clears throat> In fact, yeah, you were still at college because it was. When yeah, I, I remember you going. The, yeah, um, the kidney thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was um, but that was with Carlo and all that back crew. Um, but again, the the people who were there, and there was some other European countries yeah. in that little contest as well. You know, they're proper keen.
1: Oh, they are proper
2: well, on
0: it. It's it's eye opening to be honest, and it's refreshing.
2: Mm.
1: You know, to actually go somewhere and you don't have to force anything. No. Yeah, uh, I mean, like the second time I ever met them cuz the first time is always a, they're a bit wary of you and yeah, you don't yeah, yeah. know them and well the, the second time I went I mean they were, they were working till 9:30 at night mm. you know we nobody telling them they had to
0: no well i think i mean i found when i was out there there was um the guys i was talking to at uh, the giorgio thing they were this kind of very progressive like mm. you know sort of european sort of like mindset type varies um, but they were saying that, you know, there's, there's two schools of thought. There's the forward-thinking modern farriers, but then there's those farriers in Italy who struggled to let go uh, Yeah, the traditional... The traditional military way. Yeah, the traditional Euro, um, Italian hind. Yes. You know, shot them about three inches of length out of the back. But we just... We won't trim the feet. We'll just, <laughs> yeah, we don't need to trim them. No. You know, it was... Um, <clears throat> But yeah, I mean, and again, funny enough, the other time I we went out to Italy would have been, I think it was ninety nine to nineteen ninety nine, going back yeah, now. Yeah. last, last oh, millennium. Yeah. Um, and that was to the, the competition at Verona. I remember you saying about that, yeah. You know, because yeah. that was when Woody was at Warwick College, and he used yeah. to take a team, and he'd also invite one of the other home com- national teams to go out with, and we had a great time. But yeah, some of the show we were seeing out there, just just on the show ground, because it was a big horse yeah. show yeah. was just like I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Like for long feet,
1: I think I think they have progressed so much, yeah. and a lot of these European countries are.
2: You know, well, the key, really I pushing. think,
0: the, I think the key thing there though, these are all experiences before social media, so no one, yes. no, unless you went there, no one saw no. how everyone
1: else was doing it. Yeah, and it's, I think it's just opened the world up. Yeah, you know, people can see what can actually be achieved. And I think it's made them not to be scared of progressing. No. You
0: well, know. and I think as well, education being the key thing. People understand biomechanics and foot function, and just where the anatomy lies within that. Yeah. Crossed you out a bit. Yeah. I mean the the theory that they've been having.
1: Um, I mean, I've only really done a le- one lecture each with them, just on general shoeing and things. But I've been sat in a, a few of Doctor Dan Ferry's. And they've been absolutely amazing. Yeah. You know, really detailed. And the guys have been scribbling notes and videoing and recording, you know, using all the technology that they can get to yeah. actually be able to go back and go over it and go over it and go over it. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, you know, they don't turn up at
0: into session and think that's it. No. No. But yes, yeah, and that's the key thing. And I think that's what a lot of people miss, <clears throat> with like cpd and that it's all very well going to a lecture but it, it, the real learning goes or well when you get home and you think about what you've just yeah. seen and you kind of dissect it because you go to a one day clinic or uh a conference where there's a hell of a lot of information being thrown at you at any one point it, it's like you know just like the old school shoemaking demo where someone makes a whole shoe in front of you yeah you just remember the last bit you saw for rasping up yeah it's like bum boom 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 well, what was yeah, that you forget, the, you forget the important <laughs> toe bend, don't you? Yeah. So, um, been anywhere else? Uh, uh,
1: still going over to Denmark quite a bit. Okay. Um, Can't say too much about what we're up to because people will find out when it comes out.
2: Yeah. Um, but well, we, well, He'll we, come we, and kill you, the big Viking.
1: Exactly. Yeah, we've got one or two little projects on the go. Kind of watch this space. We've been doing a few articles and things like that. Yeah. Um but we're doing quite a little bit a lot of work now with um uh, some top bets that work with mainly working with youngsters. Right. Okay. With foals and that. Um so we've been focusing on that for the last few months. Um but it's it's nearly finished the project on that. So yeah. you know, watch this space as we say.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> um anything else in the pipeline?
1: Oh I'm off up to Scotland next month. Oh, um, is that for that? To see Jim Co- and...
0: Is there a conference? Yeah, 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 to
1: Glasgow at uh, the it. university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I'm tracking up there with Kelvin, hopefully. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm going to off to see Kelvin tomorrow night, actually. All right. Do one of these, but more yeah. about that in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah,
1: yeah, and we're going to drive up together and sort of you know, sort the world out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's
0: probably—he's well, it's Calvin. He's probably got a better car than you as well. Oh yeah, yeah he's yeah, probably got heated seats think, and everything. I
1: think his apprentices prince. has got a better car than me, to be honest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Um, yeah, um, I'm just trying to think.
1: I don't think I've been anywhere else really. I was in Poland last year quite a lot.
0: No, I know you was going that's over there.
1: That's up and running now. That's that's doing really well. Yeah. I think they're on their third this year. They'll be on their third uh, CEF. Basically, I'm just in the background now. Just to help them out every now and then. But um, some of the really good lads that have qualified on the first kind of stint, they're running the show now. Um, Artor, Wojciech, and um, what's the other lad called? There's a young lad that does it as well. Really keen. Mm. Uh, They've got a beautiful place and everything set up there. All purpose-built. On a big yard, you know, fire stations all in there. There's a classroom, there's a workshop. Uh, I think they can get four, four or five horses in. Yeah. And you know, it's it's all health and safety passed off and things. It's it's amazing the amount of effort they put into it.
0: Well, I think everyone across Europe they're just smashing it. You yeah. know, I mean, look at look at you know the last couple of years, the amount of Swedes which have come over and they've not just had a go at the associate i mean the associate and the, even the fellowship now they've come over and have absolutely smashed it yeah they've been doing
1: really well at that and i think you know a, a big hat's off to to jay yeah tovi for for going over there and you know he's really really got stuck into them and you know they've just gone up and up and up yeah. and i think they're i think they're doing a similar thing in finland now as well
0: yeah that's right yeah, yeah i've heard that but i mean you know i mean like say hats off to jay and and sarah, and sarah I mean, yeah, yeah. They, and that they, book she's produced is... they, they've they've kind of cornered the market there because you, you know it, it's modular and i don't know of so guys doing the awcf in this country going to their and fwcf as well but going to their sort of clinics because you can Mix and match it. You, can get, yeah. you don't have to go to all of them. You don't you're not signed up for a year with but you know, I That's think so
1: you can just dip in an out, can't exactly. you and, and take the bit
0: you need. Exactly. So I mean like hats off to them, you know, yeah. find the flag for Team G B. But And I
1: think the 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 beauty of it is is that both guys have been through it, you know, James's been through this, that system and Sarah's been through yeah, that yeah, system yeah, yeah. and Steve Hill. You know, yeah. and it's they're putting it back into into it now, which I think is fantastic. I think it's been needed you know rather than get to their fw and then basically disappear they're they're pushing on and on and on you know and getting these courses running and yeah. doing these clinics and cpd things i think you'd needs supporting it's fantastic yeah,
0: absolutely absolutely i mean i say i mean i was at the last obviously <clears throat> i mean in this country the hires now have gone back to Melton mowbray yeah yeah because i mean we, we only did it when therefore it shut down but um I say at the last fellowship exam um obviously I was organizing um and again for the fellows when they come over always make sure that the night before the forge is left open so they can come and have a practice yeah or, you know and it, especially the overseas guys always make sure that if they need any sort of spare kit because we have had to fly over, you know, sort them out, like yeah, you do. Yeah, because
1: they, um, they always miss something, don't they?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um,
0: yeah. I haven't got a turning you number. Know, <laughs> you know, you know, use someone else's flatter. To, <laughs> don't want to go over, over, over the limit. Yeah, um, yeah, But, you know, I mean, he- Heinrich, you know, I mean, you don't often see people turn up to their fellowship on the first go and do both parts and absolutely knock it out of the ballpark like he did. Yeah. You know, there, I know there's one particular horse we often use as a fellowship, potential fellowship. Obviously, we put together, <clears throat> there's only ever three fellows, we usually get four or five horses. Right. Get the examiners to choose the ones they want to use. We're, I mean, it's the sick, lame and lazy ones from college, I mean, which was pretty <laughs> much all of them. That's ideal. <laughs> That's all of them. Um, but as one, I don't think it was, I don't think it was there when he was there. <coughs> it's like a very sort of chestnut, sort of Arab strokes sort of like thoroughbred you know, it's got one foot which does that, one foot which does that. Yeah. Um, I mean, and
1: people always get caught well, That's out. a good thing for like, a podcast. Like, one like <laughs> that and one like that. <laughs> one up, one down. <laughs> um, <but laughs> Perfect face for radio.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, I mean, but that horse has caught so many people out over yeah. the years. I mean, I think Abby Bunyard, bless her, she had it twice, same horse. Failed it the first time, and now she's got the same what she's got doing. And you know, she got it right the yeah, second she time. She nailed it, the second uh, time. but everyone else, first time, to- everyone who's done that horse, first time on that horse, they fail it. Uh, Heinrich Jessens comes over and he's just knocked it out of the ballpark, yeah. A real nice job as well, you know. So, I mean, good for him, but yeah, it's it's that attention uh, to detail sometimes,
1: I reading what's there. Yeah. You know, matching the two together, together—that's I think
0: that's... But again, it's things. like it's like all these courses, I mean, you know, and it's the same at college. I mean, again, when people come to college, when we teach them, it's compulsory. Some are there because they're there. Some are there because they want to be there. Mm. Some just, I don't know, they think it's time off from the boss. Yeah, it's almost like they think they're on holiday. Yeah, exactly. So, but... Again, what I do, what you do, and you would have seen in Italy and stuff like that, these people have paid their money. Yes. And they put the work in. Yeah. well, they want every single ounce out of it. Exactly. Whereas, I mean, sometimes I read people pay their money, and they just want you to give them it all.
1: I, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's yeah, almost like, I'm not going to pay any attention, just write it down for me, and I'll read it when I get back. Yeah. I've only come for the, the sandwiches and the beer.
0: yeah. 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 <laughs> See, Where's
1: that mentality come from, though? I don't
0: know. I don't know. But again, it's like it's what we were talking about with that whole kind of employee versus um, entrepreneurial mindset. Again, going, yeah. going back to what
1: the, um, that's opened my eyes. I that, do That's yeah. saying to
0: be honest, see, yeah. see, Tiffany Gardner, you've changed the world. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've opened our eyes. Yeah, um, bless you. But um, no, it's a funny old thing. But again, I just I don't know. I think farry in this country, I don't know. It's almost like someone needs to get us, every far in this country, in a room, and we need to have a big discussion about the best way to get, move forward. And yeah, we're we going backwards. Yeah, but we, we all need to move forward together. Yeah. You know, but you talk to any, it's like when people going about sticking prices up and stuff like that. And, you know, you've got your local branches and you sit around in, in in the skittle room out the back having your meeting, and if you were to sit around and go, right, let's all stick our prices up to £125 a set, half of them ain't going to do it, because there's that one fib that's one person's going to stay at 65 Exactly. You know? Yeah. Oh,
1: we can't do that. We can't do that. You know?
0: Yeah.
1: It's like, to you know, I kind of told you before some of these clinics and that you do abroad, and it's, Especially the like bit of shoe making and that you're showing a guy there eight times out to just put a toe bend in, and this guy's giving out charging three times as much as you per set. Yeah, you know, and you you come home and you think, Well, how's this happening?
0: No, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> who's, who's, who's doing the right thing here? <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, I and again, but I, it's not something which has happened in the last sort of 10, 15 years. No, no, it's been going on for a long while. You know, I mean, and I, I dare say, long before we even started, but I always t- tell stories of like, you know, when I first had my apprenticeship and I was based over in Germany, we mm. were shoeing a few civilian horses, but our boss at the time, he was adamant that we were going to charge the average British price, which at the time was probably about 45 £50 a set. And in Deutschmarks, so this is before Euro. Deutschmarks, <laughs> <back> a bit. <laughs> Deutschmarks that equated to, I think it was either seventy or ninety Deutsch. I think it was ninety Deutschmarks. Yeah. And um, and that was like we were like oh, we're making a bit of money on the side here, boys. Um, but the German farriers at the time, who you know where we were, yeah. I mean, us. I, and I'm going back to the early 90s there and I didn't see a lot of good work um, I mean I see stuff on Facebook now coming from Germany and it's good yeah they've yeah. come like a lot of countries including ourselves yeah the standards are- everyone we've all got better
1: yeah the standards going um, up and up
0: but they were charging like 300 Deutschmarks plus a set yeah which kind of puts it in perspective doesn't it where it was also the norm of a lot of places we would come across that yeah we shoe your horse and uh, he'd go lame for the first week, but then he'd be fine. Yeah, once he's grabbed some foot back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it was it was all it was just yeah, how it was. Yeah. I hope I haven't alienated any German listeners there. But you know, it was a long yeah. time ago. But, We're not xenophobic um, at all. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. But um, <laughs> we actually think you're doing better those
1: by charging proper money. <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly. And I mean, some some of their sort of like um, laws and that in the country, I thought was very good as well. You know. Not allowed to mow your lawn on a Sunday. Yeah. You know, because cause you want to sit in your garden. Um, <laughs> you know, just logic. Pink, yeah. Who knew? Um, so, yeah. So basically, tonight, our topic of conversation, what did we talk about last time? Was it navicular last time? I think it was bone spamming. No, it was bone spamming. That's right. Yeah, I think it was bone spamming. We went that, on about,
1: Mind you, we probably went off on a few tangents. <laughs> As we we do, normally
0: do. We do do that, um, <laughs> and we haven't had curry tonight either. But um, well, it was on offer. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, so what? Obviously, one thing we do see a lot now, especially again, social media—love it or hate it—I um, think globally it's done wonders for Farry. Yeah, um, they should just turn the comments off. Yeah. So. People keep coming in this room. I don't even know who that was. But yeah. Um, I, think, I think there's a television thing going on. <laughs> yeah. Or, or they must think there's a free bar in here. Um, so. Is there not? <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're just sat in a hotel and we're just sat in a conference room um, doing this interview because we've got plenty of room. And um, yeah, people just keep walking in thinking there's obviously a free bar or something. But anyway, so yeah, social media, It's been, I think globally it's been great for Farrell. I think he's definitely opened people's eyes. Yeah. You know, and I
1: think he's has dragged the standards up a lot in, in certain places, you know, because they, they realize, well, actually, they'll sell something on Facebook from somewhere like like here or America and, they go, oh, you know, we'd we'll never get to that standard. And the next thing, they're, they're knocking it out. Mm. And they're getting the comments from here and from America, and it's like, well, actually, I can do this. Mm. You know, it's you see some of the shoes that some of these guys are making, they're like, they're amazing.
0: Well, and again, I've seen it. And again, not going to mention any countries, but I've seen countries where I mean, obviously, as as, as long as there's horses, there's going to be farriers or trimmers or whatever. Yeah. Whether it nailing bits of reused rubber on the bottom of the horse's feet or bits of rebar to actually putting roasters on, there's going to be farriers out there. But it's funny, but there's certain countries where I never really considered as farrier type. Sort of countries, if you like, but yeah. they would use horses much. And certainly never heard of a farrier from that country. And all of a sudden, you're seeing these guys on Facebook exactly producing yeah. shoes which look like they've been machined. Yeah, like laser cut. <laughs>
2: you're like, whoa. Yeah, you it's know. Like, oh my god. And <laughs> and
0: again, I think I think not all of it, but some of it, you know, can be attributed to Craig and Grant Moon. I think they've done wonders for it, to yeah, be honest.
1: Absolutely. I mean, if you look at some of the videos that, that they do, and, you know, that they'll put these videos out there, and the the work and that goes into them, and that they'll lay it out. Yes, they're very talented. They, you know, you can't mm. take that away. But it still must be daunting to put it out there, because somebody will criticize. Yeah. You know, even
0: if you think it's perfect, somebody will find something yeah. to pull it apart on, you know. Well, and it's like... You see, see, see country (laughs) we see countries like Brazil, which is one of the ones I was on about, but like you know, obviously, I know Grant Moon's been out there, and you know, obviously, pre when they had the Olympics, but Grant Moon's been out there, but again, Grant Moon gets to go out there because A's Grant Moon and Mustard, yeah, yeah, and Mustard want to sell stuff over there, so they're going to send their top showman over there. And it, and one thing, I mean, I remember going to European Championships up at Marseco several years ago. And again, there are some European countries. You've never seen them at Stoney. You've never seen them at Calgary mm. and all that. And you just think, well, they're obviously shoe horses, but they don't compete. All of a sudden, they've got a team competing. Yeah. But when you watch them competing, they're all using mustard turning hammers, mustard fullers, mustard tongs, and forging like Grant Moon.
1: Yeah, well, Grant's open the world up to them. Oh, absolutely. You know, by instilling that confidence in them. You know. You know, show, going over there, showing them the basics, showing them that they, they can actually do this.
0: Well, and, and this was going on before social media really had an impact as well, whereas now social media, so, you know, they can...
1: Well, they were kind of the pioneers back then. Well, they?
0: exactly, and like, you know, you look at people now, I mean, yes, you could be living in Chile and you could go and watch a facebook video of liam bentham making tall and full of shoes out of damascus with his power hammer in cheshire wherever yeah, he lives. yeah. Um, i mean you know it, it's but it's opened the whole world up it does i mean you know there's downsides to that as well
1: oh there is definitely you know there's definite downsides to it but i think in our trade has been probably from what i see he's been mainly positive mm. you know you do get the odd negative things that go on yeah you know, You know, there's been one or 2 Ferrari kind of groups on there that, you know, you kind of join at the beginning and then you start going through and think, hang on a minute, I don't want anything to do with this.
2: Mm.
1: You know, where they start ripping into other people and things like that. I'm not into that. No. If you haven't got anything good to say about anything, then don't say anything.
2: No.
0: I I think the trouble is as well, though, people... And we might all be guilty of this from one time or another. People generally, sometimes they'll post a picture. I mean, look, you do a shooting job. Your your mum and dad are always gonna go, Oh, well done, good boy. Yeah. Yeah. But my mum and dad have here far they don't know. Yeah. Well, actually, my mum knows probably more than me, I think. anyway, that's that's the spider by. But um but you know, you're always gonna get sort of praise of people who don't know because they don't understand it. Mm. But there's, you know, time and time again, you've got farriers posting pictures of what, unfortunately, mm. they think's probably a really nice job, but they've obviously not studied that picture for long enough and vetted it before they post it because it's gleamly obvious it doesn't fit, or they're just that keen to get something out there to get a like, um, yeah, to get sort get the some kind of recognition for, yeah. You know, and <coughs> when it's just shoemaking, it's it there's no harm, you know. Yeah, but when the horses
1: involved, it's a different. Yeah, exactly, and
0: you you see it. I mean, I mean, I I have to be really strict with it. Look, we're human. We all shoe horses. We make mistakes. Yeah. You know, sometimes one job's better than another job and stuff like that. You know, and hopefully it's not that bad a mistake. But next time we shoe it, we can't fix it, and it will, it won't be relevant. But some people are posting pictures where, you know, it's clear clearly the heel's not covered or the shoe's that twisted on the foot. You think, that's going to have an impact. But yeah. the sad thing is, you can't you, you can't see it. Not only did you shoe that horse, and you should assess your work afterwards, but at no point did you identify the fault because you're too busy trying to get a picture on Facebook. I'm going to rant about it now. But Well, honestly, it's like
1: another thing, I mean, ju- just to add on to that, I see some of the, the ones where... You'll get a picture on there and somebody's done a really good job at something, but then has done something to it that's contraindicated. Mm. So they're like contradicting themselves. Well, you're saying it's this, but then you've done that to it. You know, like putting a plain stamp lateral extension on for bounce babbing and then sticking big pins in it. Oh, yeah. Do you want it to slide or not? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the... um...
1: You know, yeah, we we all get restraints. We all have to use these traction devices and things. But think, you mm. know, it's, don't put something that's going to be shoot yourself in the foot with.
0: No, exactly. It's, um, you know, and and again, the, f- the thing is with the bloody pins. You know, well, there's, there's a pin and there's a pin. We know that. We've been to Israel. Hey, <laughs> we've been to Israel. They love the pin. Oh, they do they love as many pins as you can get in a yeah. shoe. But as I big mean as possible. <laughs> you know, but I mean again, those pins, yeah, they're supposed to be sunk into the shoe with a small prominence. Yeah. So more more often than not, once the shoe starts to wear, it's when it's towards the end of the cycle exactly. it starts yeah. to work. Not like half the pin in the shoe and the rest of it sticking out like Yeah, like studs in football boots. And then, you know, when yeah. I mean, and, and again, they're in the wrong place and they're one on one side. And... Well, I know John's done a lot of hoofbeat with sort of studs and the effects on, you know, breakover and landing yeah. and foot. Yeah. And it's quite horrific. Yeah. You know, but, yeah, it's, and let's face it, why do they slip on the concrete? Because it's either not being ridden and the person leading it is not paying due care and attention of where they're going and the horse is half asleep. Or they're out riding it down roads where they're not paying due care and attention. They're probably texting in one hand they've got washing line reins on the other.
1: Well, that's 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 the big thing at the minute. You see, and you see it's all over the place. You know, they're also see slobbing along on the end of the end of the bit. <laughs> they're sat there just playing on the mobile phone. Well, it's
0: like a lot of them. When we ride in the school, we are training, and our days off, we hack out. Yeah. So it's a rest day for the horse. Well, you're going to go back to the old saggy rope bridges and all that stuff. You're going to do a lot more damage to that horse's yeah. skeletal frame and everything by just letting it flop along with you sat on its back. Yeah. Not watching where you're going. You know.
1: Yeah. Traffic whizzing past you and, you know, you they slow down and
0: you don't even acknowledge them because you're on the phone. I'm not. Just for comedy value, I am not. Could have mentioned overweight riders and that, neither. So, do we have any of those? (laughs) No, no, I haven't seen one for a very long time. Um, you know, I think they listen to a podcast, they've all gone on diet. You've got to be body positive these days. I know, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yes, (laughs) jolly, jolly, middle aged, jolly ladies. They're the ones, they're the ones. So, anyway, right. So, what we're going to talk about tonight, and again, joking aside, we had, we had, um, it's often been joked about that you're not a real farrier these days unless you've got at least one picture of a de- a 3D pad with blue dental impression material on your Facebook profile page. But that's something we want to talk about tonight. Different packages for different problems. You know,
2: yeah.
0: what does a 3D pad do? Because, and let's face it, 3D pads, I think, are actually quite a game changer in... Comfort shoeing, remedial shoeing, whatever you want to call it, I think the three D pad and how that's evolved um, has been a massive game changer, and it's made a lot of horses better um, in the last few years. I mean, kudos Definitely, to Derek yeah. and that for yeah. bringing that into our lives. I think it was. I think. I think it was one of those things that was kind of needed.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only problem I, th- I think is again, it's like.
0: A little bit is good, so a lot more must be better. Well, I think the trouble is as well, and this is why we wanted to do this chat, was lots of available options out there, but they all do something slightly different. They've all got the pros, they've all got the cons, they've all actually got their actual use, but then the trouble is, I mean, I can remember, and I'm not going to mention names, I can remember having a conversation with an idiot once. And he was telling me about how many of the natural balance Fitzweigram shoes he was using at the time. And his words to me was, I see see the um, natural balance shoes um, as a good intermediate between a straight bar and a normal shoe. You'd have to run that one past me again. (laughs) And I thought, when he said that, I thought, why, would you put them on backwards? (laughs) Yeah, you would have to run that one. You'd have to explain that one to me, to be honest. Well, I, I don't think I've ever been able to work it out. Um, but I think what he was saying is, well, <laughs> it needs something extra like a bar shoe. But yeah. if I put one of these on, it's if just I put easier. the bar across the front of the shoe instead of the back, well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, funny enough, the one of the only times I ever put natural balance shoes on a horse was I put them on backwards as reverse open toe bar shoes with a yeah. cro- real bad laminitic. <laughs> um, and once it got better six months later, I turned yeah. them round and now yeah. them back on the right way. I love um, the way they call my Wigram.
1: Yeah, you know? that was a thing. Instead of fits nothings.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so that's, that's basically what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, sort of when to use what. I mean, you know, a, a real good place is to talk. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, why don't we get a drink and we'll probably stick an advert in, then we'll talk about pads. A few years ago, I changed my shoeing chaps. I had a nice pair of silverback chaps and I moved to another brand. Thought I'd give them a go. Over that period of time, I've probably shod less horses because of doing more teaching. And I dare say my core strength has suffered. It became apparent over the last year that my back was getting worse and worse. And I was even getting sort of bouts of sciatica as well. Recently, I've retired said apron and gone back to silverback chaps. I've got to say within... A shoe in cycle, my back is so much better. The innovative um, design, it supports you. And as long as you fit them and you're wearing them correctly, it will help your back, which let's face it, is the number one tool in the farrier's toolbox. Pads then, when to pad and when not to pad. It's funny, I find the evolution of pads. So let's go back to the start of our careers, obviously. Done a few more years than me, but oh. roughly the same kind of timeline. When I started, the only time we tended to put pads on was when you'd got a very foot sore, yeah. thin soled horse. Yeah. Which the problem was, and there was only really kind of leather or these very cheap rubbery type pads on the market yeah. at the time. I remember we used to have sheets of leather. And yeah, we'd just cut them out, or we used to go like. Especially in the army, you'd go and see the army saddlers, and they'd just cut your spare saddle flap out or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. It was like back then, what used to invariably happen: you'd put a pad on for whatever reason. There was nothing really stick between the pad and the foot. No, the foot would get sweaty, and when you did actually come to reshoe it, the sole was now thinner and softer. Yeah, it was minging yeah. than it was before. Yeah. Um, and again, then I think mid mid to late nineties Vetec. Stuff started coming out, and we all, all went to Equipack. Well, we started
1: to get them X pads and that, didn't we? You know, yeah, around about the same
0: time yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And Theraflex. Remember them Theraflex from? Uh, were they? Were they Mustad?
0: I don't know.
1: I know. I know. Brooks Lane Smithy. Back in the day, they used to sell quite a few of them. Yeah. So Mark would probably give you the lowdown on them.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was... Um, but again, you know, there's been this sort of evolution where we went from padding. And again, one of the other things we didn't like about pads in them days was the fact that you'd put a pad on and halfway through the shoeing cycle, the pad had compressed between the foot and the, and the shoe and you'd all got risen clenches and loose yeah. shoes and all that stuff. Um, so, you know, the the technology wasn't really right for the job. I mean, the great thing about when we started using the EquiPack stuff was, apart from the mesh, if you used it, there was nothing really between the shoe and the foot.
1: Yeah, I mean, I started off using quite a bit of it and then, you know, you you get a bit wise to it. Uh, And I used to see some guys, you know, pour it in and then, like the EquiPack would be higher than the, Mm. the, the shoe or, you know, to put some pressure on the sole. Well, that was great when it was soft. Yeah. But then it had harden off a little bit when the weather changed. And the next yeah, thing, you'd be walking yeah, yeah. around like they've got concrete in the middle. Yeah. You know, get this stuff out of me. It hurts.
0: Well, when I, there was that big thing of, you know, people were filling it level to the shoe as well. Which, yeah. you know, that foot does, you know... Yeah, where's by, the, cell, by mechani- where's the well, supposed to go? Well, exactly. <laughs> and, it, and when it loads, it drops. <laughs> Just, you, know. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, you know, we did...
1: I think it's like a lot of these things, Dan. We get these products, and these new products come along every few years with something new comes along, and everybody jumps on a bandwagon. And, you know, they're the best things in sliced bread, and we use them for this, and we use them for that. And a lot of the time, it's not the product, it's how it's applied. Yeah. That's true. You know, you can get anything to work for you if you apply it correctly. Yeah. If you don't apply it correctly, that's when you're going to get problems. And that, again, is not the product's fault. No. You know, oh, it's a bad product. Well, maybe not. Maybe if you used it correctly, you'd get better results with it.
0: Yeah. Move your microphone a bit closer. Oh, there sorry. we go. <laughs> there we go. I'm a bit more well, shy. You know, no, I don't want you to echo too much. But I mean, you know, and it, I think moving on from the Pack stuff, I mean, what did it with me with Equi... I remember the Vetex stuff. We went through a phase... And again, it was before I was teaching at Herifel, I was still full-time shoring. and I was using quite a bit of it, but it went... We had one... I think it was one winter where all the cartridges kept exploding. Yeah, I had a super problem. And, yeah. you know, that stuff wasn't cheap. No. And it, it was only a matter of time before some of the other manufacturers started bringing out. I know Cottom's... They brought out the same kind of concepts, yeah, but for half the price as Vetech. yeah. Um, and I moved on to that stuff. I mean, to be honest, I, I thought, well, it won't be as good. And he went on to that stuff because the Vetech ones kept exploding and you after sending countless back to whoever I was getting them from at a time and then obviously they are forwarding the information onto VETEC, and they was going oh it's because you your winter has been too cold it's like well hang on you're still selling them to us <laughs> uh, over in Holland I'm sure your winters are colder than ours well, yeah, um, wouldn't think so, so wouldn't it must be a storage problem your end then yeah so yeah. but then yeah. I went on to the cotton stuff which was half the price and was that as good because yeah, it's a polymer at the end of the day yeah it's it's just, it's a chemical. Yeah, it's used for countless other things yeah. and they've just developed it and put a, a horse label on it. So, you well, know. Well, funny enough, you mentioned it in that, just a little,
1: me and Henrik Berger were sat talking the other day and we were talking about um, glues and adhesives and fillers and all this kind of thing. And, you know, we started having a look at what all this stuff was made of. And some of the products out there, you look, I mean, we got on, onto one size and they, on the internet, and it's American. And the, they basically had an adhesive and a filler and a polymer for whatever situation you could ever come across. Yeah. You could even use this stuff underwater. Yeah. You know, but it's like the only thing that was restrictive with a lot of it was cost. Yeah. You know, some of these are like big industry stuff. You know, if you've got a big industry, you can afford it. Well, like us as farriers, we we could never afford that stuff really and yeah. make it work properly.
0: Well, and I and I suppose the other thing is caution health and safety and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot I of mean, do you do you remember do you remember again going back to nineties? Do you remember Bond and Flex? Oh yes. <laughs> now that stuff, I mean it was one of the
1: first, real easy to use. Well it was either or Equilox at the time, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. But it was
0: it was really good. I mean, I can remember as an apprentice, we was over in Germany and we had a horse and it had feet like it had run, sort of galloped and pranced through a, an old minefield, <laughs> you know, it was just bits flying everywhere. It was, it was terrible. But we pretty much rebuilt it and got shoes onto it, yeah, using yeah. bond and flex. The only problem with bond and flex, as soon as you burn it onto it, you died of cancer, yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. it was pretty horrific stuff, yeah. It was, um, yeah. When, it, when
1: that came out, you know, all you've got to be careful of this i always remember seeing a cartoon i think it was in the american farriers journal back in the in the 90s and it was a a farrier and you see like series of cartoons and it comes up to this horse with a mask and everything on the glue and then somebody's looking over there's a mushroom cloud yeah
0: <laughs> it was um but again you know i mean yeah i think everything was trying to keep it did you ever use Technovit? Do you
1: remember that stuff? No. Oh my God. Yeah. That that was like pre pre Bond and Flex and and the, the vets you we used to get through the vets. But like, you know, you mix it together and you put it in there and it had set and it would be like concrete. Yeah. I mean like concrete. And like two three steps down the road and stuff was out again. <laughs> 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 you know, it's all we could get. Unless you wanted to use uh Car body filler.
0: Well, <laughs> I could, that just reminds me of um, when the army used to buy the horses in every year from Ireland, and that obviously, but obviously, they'd sent a purchasing team out there. To and I, I think what the Irish sellers used to do was get them into a pub, plumping for the Guinness, <laughs> and point out <laughs> the window. Yeah, see that field of horse over there. You know, that lot's. Um, yeah. Amount of and so I don't think they actually ever picked the feet up and had a look. But it used to make me laugh because these horses used to jump off the boxes at Melton when they'd arrived. Some had got shoes on, some hadn't. But the amount of bits of body filler and stuff just falling out all <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> you're like, okay, yeah. this one has a cloven hoof.
1: <laughs> it's amazing what you could hide. <laughs> I right. know.
0: Um, but, yeah, so obviously moving on from the sort of like, Bond and uh, not Bond and Flex, the um Equipack, and all those. Then we had this sort of resurgence of modern pads, sort of with Lurex, and yeah, all these other pads started coming onto the market. And it was funny because you always had sort of at that point, um, it's a bit like one of the questions Brian Mullins used to always ask in his Stratum Tectorum, um, that you know. When you used to ask the question about pads, you know, leather or synthetics, and, you know, people kind of, they had their thing that they liked to use. Yeah, but it wasn't necessarily right for every occasion, but this is, no, these are the pads I buy and these are the pads I use. Um, Some of them were good, some of them were good in some cases, but not others. But,
1: well, it's horses for courses, isn't it? You know, what do you actually want that pad to do? Mm. What's the terrain it's kept on? What's the environment? How long is it going to be on there? What's the of husbandry like? Are mm. they going to keep it clean or is it going to be paddling in three foot of mud? Yeah. And, you know, you, that should help you then pick a product that is going to do the least harm.
0: Yeah. I mean, and I think the big game changer, not only did the pad technology get better, but we started to have packers to put, you know, soon... I as think we, that's been one s- of the main things. As soon as we started to add... Hackers to it. I mean, you know, we've gone from the magic cushion to the magic cushion with matrix, and then back to dental impression material. I mean, I mean,
1: if you if you look at the dental impression materials we we get now, or what do they call digit impression (laughs) materials? Change the D to something else because it's nothing to do with teeth. No. It was dental impression material we got right at the beginning. We yeah. used to get it off the dentist um,
0: technicians, and it was fantastic stuff. Well, <laughs> it was actually quite dense. So it is one of that, And it, it was very, very dense because I can remember, again, this is probably early 2000s, being in the army, the guy who was Farrier Sergeant Major at the time, Nick, my old boss, bless him, he went on to do his army um regimental Sergeant Major, W O ones course yeah. and he went off. And because we were VET Corps at the time, part of the Army Medical Services, so he goes off with all these other medical WO ones in right. the Army and they go and do this course. <laughs> and he went he went on that he was away for four weeks. It was sort of like a promotion <clears throat> course. Anyway, he came back and he'd be befriended this sergeant major from the dental corps. Right. Because obviously the army's got his own dental <laughs> corps. Very small corps full of dentists funny enough but this guy was in charge of the british army dental store Ooh. <laughs> so there's two things nick had spoke to him about and basically we had pallet loads arrive yeah right yeah dental impression material which we had got a cupboard full we didn't really utilize it because we messed around with it a bit but there wasn't really at the time with the horses we were showing i mean, making most of the shoes we didn't really well that was the thing wasn't it well we didn't didn't really utilise the dental impression material what we did do board (laughs) board squaddies nothing to do is we made lots of giant penises out of it
1: do you know, I,
0: I just <laughs> was just thinking you were going to say that for some reason. Yeah, I kind of thought, well, I know what's coming here. Yeah. I mean, our modelling skills got really, really good. And the other thing we used to make was <laughs> was balls out of it and then play forge cricket. And talking about the density of them, those things used to fly. We used to be, at the end of the forge, you remember the doors? Yeah, the yeah. We used to be these big glass um, sort of like, you know, when they've got windows with the yes. metal mesh through, stuff yeah, from yeah. shattering they are all smashed to bits where, these, we'd, <laughs> where we'd launched <laughs> these balls on a forged cricket bat. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was been pretty, that pretty hard stuff. Oh, it was. The yeah. other thing he got in abundance as well with this order. Do you remember when you used to go to the dentist and they used to have those little tubes of... Um, cotton wool they used to stick in your oh, mouth oh yes yeah Like they were like sort of cigarette filters yeah, yeah. they remember. are absolutely perfect for stud plugging holes. stud holes stud hole fillers. Yeah. so we used to screw them into the stud hole, snip them off yeah brilliant awesome. But yeah. yeah, but anyway I had some of them actually off a dentist technician is that as right? well yeah. <laughs> yeah. back in the day. <laughs> to be honest, is it any wonder the dentist charges so much money now because they're trying to reimburse all the stuff I used to yeah. give away? Yeah, but right. anyway, a bit of a tangent there. Yeah, so dental impression material digital impression material as we call it now. Um, you know, that technology has changed. I mean, all you've got to do is go to some of these places now and they've got all the different uh um,
1: oh, you've got all the different shore
0: strengths having yeah. you,
1: different densities. Uh, what works for one horse may not work for another horse
0: and I,
1: again I think it comes back to the application of the product rather than the product itself choosing mm. the right one in the right reason
0: well, I think set time as well because we've all been there whereas you you have one and it's great you use it in the summer yeah yeah. not a problem then you've got another one you use or you use that one again in the winter and it don't go off yeah it takes forever and it's a long time to be holding the foot up it is yeah and that's the last thing you want to be doing, really, isn't it? Cause, no, exactly. You know,
1: it's, it's no good for us, and the horses no. don't like it either. No, exactly. Stood there with a foot
0: in the air for like 20 minutes. you are you waiting for this damn thing to set? I must admit, though, that's where that little hack I came up with, where that um, NAF hoof gel I put on the feet, if you smother that in, over the top of it, it, it doesn't you can put it down on the floor don't <laughs> it stick. it in. It, well, no, it, doesn't <laughs> stops, stick. it sticking. stops it sticking because <laughs> yeah. I did this yeah. sauce once and it got these elliptical uh, bar shoes on and I'd obviously put it in there and he's an old boy he don't like to be stood on three legs for too long yeah. anyway let him put the foot down pick the other one up Filled that put it down went to Pick it up again to see if it got off, and it's just a big lump of it stuck I'm to the say concrete. All on the floor. <laughs> I was like, "Oh <laughs> damn it!" So, <laughs> so then I picked the oven up, and the same thing happened. <laughs> so I thought, and I've got this big pot of this green sort of gel in in the um in the toolbox. So I was just like,
2: Pfft,
0: "Yeah, it put, slather it on." it yeah. on. Never happened again. So, yeah, you're not sticking yeah. to stick anything. Think outside the box. But yeah, so sometimes <laughs> you might choose the the product on you know because again sometimes that one which goes off in the winter goes off too quickly in the summer so I do find some of them as
1: well I mean I used one uh, that I had not used before I'm not going to name it or anything like that but I was abroad doing something and we got given this stuff to use and I was trying it out to begin with you know mixed Mm. it up and see what it felt like and that but you could just tear it like a piece of paper Mm. You know, and I was looking at the horse we were supposed to use it on, and he was a big old fella. Yeah. You know, and needed a lot of help. His feet were shot. Yeah. And it was the only thing we could stick underneath him to give him any comfort. So I thought, this ain't going to last five minutes. No. You know, so it, it's, again, it's... Look at the product. Is it going to do what you want it to do? Mm. Don't just get roped up on a name. Yeah. Um I know you've been talking about the the pads. I mean, for me... One of the biggest things for, for these pads, especially with the meshes and things, is to actually hold that stuff in. Yeah. You know, that does more good than anything. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's the impression material that's doing the work, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, it, it's almost like, sometimes those feet who really require it, they're the ones like, when you when you go around the backs of the bulbs Hill and you put your thumb into that little recess. Yeah where you've yeah. got your thumb on top of the digital cushion. And yeah. Sometimes you pick up... There's nothing there. Well, yeah, you, you pick up the foot and you put your finger in this sort of central cleft of the frog and you put your thumb in there.
2: Yeah, they almost you touch know. you. Like a bowling ball.
0: <laughs> and it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, something not quite right here. You know, what have I been learning about digital cushion and who's yeah. at me? When it, it's obviously doesn't exist really. Yeah, they don't really you know? need one. So, but it's a case of like, you, you get that mass and you put it in the unsung. Yeah, well, that's
1: thought. what you're doing basically. you re, you re, you kind of using an artificial digital cushion, if you will, you know, to keep that stimulation in the back of the foot to get it. Stop the prolapse, the digital prolapse, if you can. I think a lot of the time it gets used too much. Mm. Um, I see it, I see, you know, and sometimes you see it in pictures, but I've seen horses with it in as well, where you're looking at it and thinking, yeah, why is it in there? Because it's doing nothing. Mm. You know, the horse doesn't really need it. No. You know, and it's just because it looks good and you can charge more.
0: Yeah. I mean I think one thing with it and like one thing with it and especially we obviously we're going we'll talk about three D pads, but especially when you see it with three D pads and I also use it a lot. If I put like wide bars or I put um, sort of wide branches, yeah, or wide So yeah. to- I always put that underneath it to stop stuff getting stuck. Exactly, under just it. as a sealant. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it does hold itself, and especially when you mix it with some copper sulfate or put copper sulfate on, then put that on. Yeah. You know, I tend I, to
1: have more success actually doing that. Yeah. I, to I,
0: be I come back to a fresh foot. Yeah. In fact, fresher than it's ever been in well, some you, cases. You
1: do get that, especially with the copper sulfate, you get that leaching. Of the copper into the a layer of horn, and yet yeah, it is toxic, you know. But horn's dead tissue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as you're not, you know, it's not going through to anything sensitive, or you don't, you don't use it near anything sensitive. But what it does do, it stops, it makes that layer in the horn that microbes can't actually live in. Nah, so you've exactly. kind of got a bit of a double whammy with it. You're keeping it off the surface, but you're also promoting an horn layer that it it can't live in. So I, I tend to use copper soil if I if I'm putting. Anything on that's going to cover the foot for a, for a period of time. I generally use copper sulfate anyway, because, I mean, you come down here to teach at college, you know what the ground's like round here. Yeah. It's wet. Yeah. <laughs> it is wet.
0: Wet of an artist's pocket. <laughs> oh, without
1: a doubt, mate. So, you know, I, I do it just as a precaution. Yeah. Um, obviously, if there's any chance of there being any kind of tissue there, then copper sulfate I don't go anywhere near no. because of the toxicity of it. But I found nothing better, to be no.
0: honest. I must I must admit, of all the stuff I've used for like trying to keep the underside of the foot hygienic over the years, it is by far the most effective. You yeah. know, and I, what I tend to do, and I, I learned this of John, was, you know, I get that contact adhesive spray. Exactly. Spray that on. Yeah. Yep. Spraying glue onto the foot. Yeah. Um, I mean, I need a very light covering. And then I sprinkle that on, then I put my impression material on yeah. top.
1: Well, it's, it's it's not even a thick layer of glue, is it? No. I mean, it's just that tackiness yeah. that will keep the copper sulfate there while you actually put the stuff on top of it. I
0: did do a job recently. Um, and again, I've got the can out. Psh, it, it was empty. I hadn't got a spare. So again, what I did was my hoof ointment, which... It's, mm. At the moment, it's the NAF one, only because they sent me boxes and boxes and boxes of it. Years Good ago. old NAF. Good <laughs> old NAF. Um, but I um, didn't have anything to stick it to. So what I did, I got that, which you'd paint on the foot anyway. Yeah, so I yeah, got that. Yeah. It's a gel. yeah, And it did the same thing. Just sprinkled it on. It stuck to it. Yeah. And then I put
1: on top. So if I've had somewhere I've had to, um, say, use the copper sulfate, and I just want to use it as like a paste, yeah, you know, to maybe plug a cavity or something, I'm going to put something over the top. I actually mix either mix the copper sulfate to three to one ratio with Vic Vapor Rub, mm. or I just get a, a, a tube of cheap white toothpaste
2: okay. because
1: it's menthol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's antibiotic as well. Yeah, and it makes of it a real sticky like gel, if you yeah. will. and you can you can slap it in there and it sticks. And then you can put, like, a, maybe a plug of cotton wool over the top of it, and then your shoe, something like that. And you take it out, and it, it's like, take the plug out after, like, six weeks. And was, it's is it, as clean as a whistle. Does it still smell minty fresh? It does, mate. It does. Ah. Yeah. Just uh, be careful, wait to scratch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, dear. But, yeah, I mean, like say, it kind of alluded to 3D pads. Now, funny enough, before the 3D pads became a thing, I was using a lot. So I'd gone back to using a lot of leather pads. Yeah. And again, one of the big problems, I don't know about everyone's country, but certainly in our country, one of the biggest problems we were probably still seeing, but certainly over the last 10 years, was negative Palmer angles. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I think what happened there was, what used to happen, vets used to x-ray horses and tell us we'd got a long toe. Because from the outside it did look like it. yeah. it's got long toe, yeah. but actually no, it's got like low heels. Yeah, and was and you'll remember we went through a phase where far- vets were making us, forcing us to take more toe off, take more toe off, take more toe off.
2: Yeah, and we that, had
0: that anti toe. Yeah, few years didn't we? You know, and yeah. then we had all the side tech, natural balance,
2: yeah. all
0: this stuff, and it was all about shortening the toe length. Yeah, you know. Um. And sometimes doing it mechanically rather than taking it off. So there's, I see a lot of problems where um, people would take it, and especially on hind feet as well. You know, you, like, we, you're we, taking
1: we, away the horseshoe propulsion mechanism well, Exactly. With.
0: I mean, and I still see it sometimes where, <clears throat> and I see this a lot with people who shoe top show jumpers, where they were obviously around it back in the long toe times. Yeah. Where vets would tell us to take more off. And they've obviously got so set in their ways, they look, and we, we put quarter clip hind shoes on, which came from hunting originally as a yeah. safety feature. So it could, if it overreached, it was hoof, not metal, blah, 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 blah. That was basically the only reason. Yeah, exactly. But then these guys now are getting the shoe out of the box, they're cranking the toe open, fitting yes. it a lot further back than it was meant to. And then shaving all that toe off, which is yep. there for protection, back to the shoe. Yeah. So on these little stumps with no form of propulsion, uh, pushing the back feet off, they need that toe to push them off. Yeah. But anyway, went on the tangent then. We were talking about negative part of well, No, no I think it's still all part of it. Yeah.
1: You know, because then you see that happen. You see these feet robbed so much. And then something applied because he has been robbed. Yeah. Well, maybe if you didn't rob it so much in the first place, you maybe wouldn't have needed to. <laughs> you know, I think
0: we're very quick and gimmicky. Yeah. And the
1: brighter colours they use,
0: the better. Yeah. Do you know? Well, the brighter the colour, the more you're selling it to horse owners then, yes. as well. And yeah. that's not being rude to the horse owner. Or oh, but... can I have the blue colour instead of the green? And... Well, what's the only thing? I mean, all my ears are showing. And going from toe clips to side clips to side clips to toe clips, yeah, you know, from different brands of shoes to machine made to linishing shoes, making them look shiny. All this other stuff we do. Yeah. What's the one time horse owners turn around and went, "Ooh, what have you done there?" Copper nails. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, they love them. You know. Ooh, they're shiny. Oh, rose gold nails. Can I have rose gold nails? No, because that box was free of <laughs> someone. I ain't going out and buying them. I ain't going to buy the dumb things. Because <laughs> they don't bloody work. But that's just my opinion. Um, so, Gid. yeah, so going back to negative palm ring, So we ended up always also with negative palm ring. So we started getting good at trying to find ways to fix. Yeah. negative palm. Now, although you still had those vets out there who were going, Oh, put a graduation on, which... That don't work. No, nope. makes it worse. I found one of the best things I found, especially on the really bad ones, leather pad over synthetic pads. Yes. Is a natural well, let's face it, why do we have negative Palmer angle? Because the heels with expansion contraction rub away on the shoe. Yeah. That's why we get the deep metal grooves on the back of the shoe Yeah, where the heels are rubbed away. So if we've got a millimetre, two millimetre deep groove on the back of a shoe, how many millimetres of hoof have been abrased to create that? in the steel well exactly you look at steel it's a lot denser than Ufo, exactly. isn't it? exactly so i found the natural fibers i mean yes pads uh, synthetic pads did a bit mm. but again rubber's quite abrasive can be quite certain abrasive. ones
1: are especially yeah uh,
0: yeah and yes and it was very yes. dependent on brand yeah. but i found the natural fibers and leather pads <clears throat> pretty much didn't braise anything and all of a sudden you know well, it's like five it's, it's weeks later at the end of the day isn't well it? exactly five weeks later i've grown a quarter of an inch of hill which this yeah. horse has never had yeah and if you did that in conjunction with something like a heart bar as well and you know engaged you know took some of the weight off yeah. the hill put put some a bar- support. i i just saw and with a good packer as well i mean at the time when i was using the leather pad, i think i was using magic cushion which you know, d- it, again, it wasn't as dense as the um, impression material or any of the other silicons and that. Kept the foot really, really yeah. healthy. Especially if you mixed it. You could always mix it with something
1: thicker. Yeah. Like, like the, the Oof Matrix. Matrix yeah. Or um, I think um, Billy was selling that Oof Hemp. Yes, that's right. That was quite good mixed with Magic Cushion. Just it's to give it that you bit of smoke, density. You could smoke that
0: as well. Somebody
1: did tell me that. But, uh, yeah I'm not into those <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, but yeah uh, but yeah Be careful the, well the only thing I found with the magic cushion though if you had a hot summer it wasn't it used to just sort of spew up uh, yeah it, it used to just run out everywhere yeah. will not it and I think it was that point when I started using the impression material again and yeah, I've never so. really gone back to it I've, I've still got some well I think it's the of use it's, it's not messy
2: yeah
1: you know it doesn't get all over you if it does you just peel it off yeah Whereas you've got magic cushion all over your apron and everything, it was there for days, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. You know, I've probably still got some on there from 1920, <laughs> 1920 <laughs> I was going to say, that 1970. I don't think they even made it then. Ooh. What did we use? Stockholm tar.
0: <laughs> but no, it was, um, yeah, it was, um, it was good stuff.
1: But yeah. Um, I think there's a range of things come out. I mean... It's like we're shoes into We We get bombarded with all these new things. Uh, And again, going back to what we're talking about with social media, you see so much of it out there. Mm. And you've got to remember a lot of this is promotion. Yeah. You know, especially from the people that make it.
0: Well, look, let's face it. So, quote,. Quote Chad Lawson the other week from Canada on oh, no, Chad, M- yeah yeah good God Chad but when he was on the Brian Mullins po- podcast and you know and again I'm not starting a barefoot trimmer versus Farrier debate here but like he said what barefoot trimmers really good at marketing what Farriers really bad at yep. uh, sorry no sorry he said what barefoot trimmers really bad at and he said trimming feet. Said, what are they really good at? Marketing. What Farrier's really good at? Trimming feet. What are they really bad at? Marketing. Yeah. I mean, these companies, even though they might be a Farrier based company selling product, they've got their marketing head screwed on. Yeah. They've still got to get that product out there.
1: Yeah. And, you know, that product has got to start making them money because there's a large investment into a lot of this stuff. Mm. And, you know, fair play to them. But to me, it's, it's another tool in the box. Yeah, it's something I can go to when I need it.
2: Mm.
1: Not because I want to put nice pictures on Facebook or I want to impress somebody. You know, I use it when I need to use it. And to be honest, I've got a box in the back of the van full of all different types of pads, mm. and some of them have been there like three or four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because um. It'll get me out of a fix sometimes. Yeah. But then as soon as it, I get recovery, it's back to normal.
0: I mean, I can't remember what mate they are. I've got. S- yeah. <laughs> no, all oh, good. Thanks,
2: mate.
0: Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cheers. Thanks. Cheers. No. Um, God, they care about us at this
1: hotel. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. I know. Legends. But no, um,
0: I've been here a long time now. I to say
1: are parts of the fixtures and fittings, here. I feel here.
0: like I feel like the major... You've got your own room. I, I feel like the Major in Faulty Towers. I'm just always here. <laughs> <laughs> I've been here long I've been here longer than most of the staff. It's had two owners since I've been here. I thought I
1: saw your name over the door when I wanted.
0: But <laughs> they, they had drama with the an blue old blue plaque. They, they, had, <laughs> they had drama with an old man one night. I was in my room. And the manager, she knocked on my door. She goes, I need help. I need help. And I was like, well, what's happened? So <laughs> picture this. I go into the, I go in with this old lady. She knocks on his door. And we go into this room. <clears throat> there's an old lady in absolute distress because her husband's had an accident. They're both pissed. <laughs> <laughs> They've obviously been in the bar, come back for extra, because there's bottles of spirits on the oh, well. These, This was an old sort of, in probably their late 70s yeah. couple so I was obviously <laughs> having a dirty weekend away
2: <laughs> so, <gaining> the,
0: you- <laughs> so we're on the bottom floor they've obviously gone for a bottom floor room because they don't want to go and do the stairs so what <laughs> they've come back to their room it must be about 11 o'clock at night manager's knocked to my door help help can you, can you help me because I think this old man's had an accident goes into the room we go in the room so this old man's laying face down in the corner of the room with his head in the corner of the room oh, no. groaning <laughs> the woman's crying she's all hysterical Anyway, so we get we get this old man, we sit him up, and he's kind of a bit delirious, and he's slurring, he's pissed. What had actually happened? So we got out the old what what actually happened? What have you, you know? Did they try and jump on from the wardrobe? <laughs> <laughs> it's worse. So they get back to the room, they've had a few drinks. The couple in the room above yeah. have started going at it like hammer like and Tom.
2: <laughs> and it's really noisy.
0: This old man. You know what old men are like? Do you he, want to keep up? No. He, he's, he's kind of going, oh, oh. And he, he's phoned up and he's complained about the noise. Well, the, the woman behind the couch, she's not going to go and knock on can, no. can you start having sex a bit more quieter because we've had a few complaints. So, yeah. it's still going on. He's got that enraged and he's only a short guy. He gets on the double bed and starts trying to bang on the ceiling but he's too short. So he fell off. So he starts bouncing. <laughs> Uh, uh, and he's bounced off the bed like a trampoline <laughs> gone head first into the corner of the room head butted the wall knocked himself out <laughs> I love this place I really do it all happens <laughs> I know it all happens anyway back to pads um, I'm trying to keep this one serious <coughs> um, so Nate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Again, before we move on to the 3D pads, the one thing that came out just before the 3D pad and it started to get traction and I'd started using it, mm. and it was brilliant. So, like I said, using the leather pad, heart bar combination yeah. had some great results. If anything, the heart bar was probably, I mean, as a package, pad packer. And a heart bar. It's quite an expensive. Pro- yeah, bracket.
1: yeah. It's probably you a bit. Of, I mean, you could argue a bit of overkill, but yeah, exactly. On some horses, anyway. Yeah,
0: but but it did the job. Yeah. Um, really effectively. Um, but then I know John Nunn was doing a lot of work with Diplano at the time, and that's yes. when they brought out the Fusion Pad. Yes. Which was basically it was the best of both worlds. It was a leather pad underside contact with the foot yeah. fused to a Synthetic pad.
1: Well, Derek and um, Luigi have got together, and yes, I've seen that. they Fusion right right yeah. 3D pad. Yeah, because I was I'm... in Italy last
0: year when they brought them out. Yeah, I mean, I've I've not used them yet, but I've
1: I've used them a few times because Derek gave me a few, mm. so I, I used them. And to be honest, I thought they were really really yeah. good because you got the leather against the foot, yeah, and then you got your plastic on the top. Where in like this environment where it's really wet. Stops that leather deforming,
2: yeah.
0: Well, I mean, the key thing as well was with the fusion pad being like a full pad. Again, a bit overkill because actually that front part of the sole that doesn't need covering. No. No. Um, You know, and you've got obviously reactions with ground reaction forces and all that other stuff, and and the weight of the package as well. I mean, to be honest,
1: I used to cut. I used when I used to cut the toe out. I used to just have it like, you know, like a European
0: bar shoe, you know, across the. But I feel I like fusion pads. You could get them with the built in frog pad as well. Yes. And they, they were really, really, really good, yeah. I thought. Yeah. But yeah, but I did see when they brought the 3D pad out, I, I mean, I remember saying to someone, wouldn't it be good if they did a fusion version? Yeah. And they've now. And them they have. Yeah. I said, I've not used them yet. I said, don't personally, I mean, I've used 3D pads. Um, I've got a couple of horses, again, negative palmer angle, that type of thing. And I um, use
1: quite a few of them actually on Iron Feet.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, with the
1: low planter angles, you know, I tend to, I tend to put more on iron feet than I do on front these days. To be honest,
0: yeah, I'm probably about fifty-fifty.
1: Yeah, I say not, but I use a lot of
0: them. Yeah, but the ones you do use. Yeah, but I, I found a new use for them the other week, and um, so i have got this one horse. He's big, heavyweight. Um, He's, he's one of these. I wouldn't call him an albino. But he's very pink. Do you know what I mean? Very like pink, a, very pink skin, like a very pink cromello. <laughs> yeah, but he's got very, very kind of pink skin. Yeah, he's got very white feet, and they're just—he was barefoot for most of his life. Got about a laminitis. Then it got to the point where the vet wanted him in shoes. Someone took the job on. Yeah, but he's—he's he's one of these horses. He slips a lot. So what happened invariably? But he started chewing him, got him in shoes with heart bars and stuff. And he came out of those, put him into normal shoes because of the sole depth. He needed yeah, something yeah. on there. Started sliding a lot. <clears throat> and the ferret at the time then put him into them Olev black rubberized things. And Ada Farad did disappear off the face of the planet. Is was one of those, um, but unreliable. But it was an old client of mine. They got me to have a look. And yeah. it, it was really, really jarred up. I mean, yeah, he's overweight, but... Well, they don't stick. It was too... I mean, it hacks out on the road. <clears> I yeah. mean, I mean, yes, they've been reinvented with the ECRA shocks, which seems to be doing the rounds at the moment. And I've reached out to them, so I want to do a podcast with those, yeah. see yeah. where they're going with it. You know, they, they seem to, whether it's marketing, whether it's research-based, I don't know, but they seem to be making the right sounds in the yeah. racehorse world. But that's not on... Tarmac bats. Yeah, of, I think uh, I did see
1: something about
0: that. Yeah. So, and I know, I know they're looking into stuff, and you know, it seems to be picking up a lot of traction, mm. and also looks good in the public eye as well because yeah. talking horse welfare. So, but I do want to get those. I have reached out to them, so hopefully we'll have well, something in the future. I but, do
1: know this guy in Italy. He's on. He's, he was on this course this weekend, actually, Um and he basically has like a like a scanner and a three D printer, and he can he can three D Print these polymer shoes, mm. and basically he nails them on, yeah, and he's he's actually doing a clinic over in bordeaux, right, uh, I think it's next month on these, mm. so you know I was watching him, and he was showing me them, and
0: quite interested yeah, yeah, yeah. there was you know? there was, was, was a lot of stuff going on, I mean, I know I, tomorrow night i say I'm going to go and record the next episode with Kelvin Lyman because. He's got a lot of product. he's yeah, developing. He's doing them squishy pads and everything. He's doing well, all sorts and glue-on sort of click, click clogs and. Well, you yeah, know. Man,
1: you know, I'm just trying to simplify things. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know I've got
0: fair play to him. You know, and let's face it, a lot of this stuff like that, you know, is to keep horses alive or yes. at least for their rehabilitation, recovery phase of something quite traumatic. Yeah. They're not going around badminton and burleying them. Well, well, it shouldn't be. <laughs> well, who knows? So, but yeah, um, what was I saying? Three um, D pads, yes. Yeah. So this horse, it had a motor jarred up, and you know where the nails had gone mm. in, and with the jar, and it Just broken it the wall. So we had to we had to get out of shoes and kind of rehabilitate it a bit. Yeah. And then the one wants to do a bit more work, so we started getting front shoes back on it again, and this was end of last year year before sorry um, but then I it was slipping oh yeah but he slips. I mean to be honest they need to engage their lower leg and actually push yes. the thing forward and actually ride it to be fair um, would help but you know they just hack out around the local back lanes yeah. and I oh, it slips so I put some of that surefoot sh- um, stuff in you know the grand- you, oh the, the granular stuff. yeah the kind of, it's a bit like you braise it in yes. kind of thing yeah. and that was quite good but I kind of set it into the shoe so it wasn't too sticky out yeah. but, but then because of the weight of the horse and the, it just doesn't like shoes no. so it got to the end of the summer and it's feet were just falling apart so I said look we're just going to have to stop again we're going to have to let the feet grow back see if we can manage it maybe put it in boots blah blah blah, yeah. blah. <laughs> ideally it's got big feet I don't think they want to wear it in boots because it makes his feet look even bigger. But anyway, moving on from that, we get to the the point where the feet, it's, we've had a very wet winter, you know, getting towards Christmas time where the feet were so soft, even just going out in the paddock and going in and out and all that, his feet would, they just, he was running out of feet. Yeah, yeah. Because of the weight and everything. Disappearing on him. The quality was quality of the feet had kind of sorted of. I'm like, well, I'm going to have to put them back in shoes. But you just know what the end result is going to be. So I thought, do you know yeah. what? I'll put it in shoes and I'm going to put a 3D pad on it. A, to try and support the column of bones to kind of yeah. take some of the pressure off the hoof capsule. Yeah, stop it pushing through the shoe a bit. And then they're like, oh, you're going to put pins or something in to stop it slipping. And there is that kind of bit where the horse owner is a little bit It probably doesn't slip as much as they make out, but it's in their head. Yeah. And I said, no, 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 because these provide grip. Really? I said, yeah. And I was kind of blagging it, but it actually does work. So when you've, that horse is on on the tarmac and it loads, it's pushing that. Pushing the pad to the floor. Pushing the pad to the floor. It's acting as a brake. Yeah. So... So, like a frog extension so rather than actually do you know what rather than pu- and it's only when the horse is actually pushing down and bearing weight mm. and loading so actually rather than putting all these tungsten pins and all these other traction devices on horses which are slipping we would probably do the horse a lot more better just by putting 3D pads on them because they do Derek provide grip <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that. yeah again Derek and Jim <coughs> Blood <Blurton. laughs>
1: yeah yeah <laughs> You, you know my situation. You know I know quite a few people in the trade. And a couple of years ago when these pads were first coming out, it was Derrick's and Jim's and Enrick's mm. And I was kind of being pulled, yee-way and ye way and, way yeah, and yeah. why are you showing them ones, why are you not showing mine and blah, 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 blah. So whenever I do use them, I never take a picture no. <laughs> because no. if I use one I'm getting one in the ear if I use no, the other no, I'm getting exactly. the other one in the ear and to me they are different no they are different pads one expands at the back one doesn't so if I've got a foot that needs holding together I'll use that one if I've got a foot that's kind of locked together but just needs something underneath it I'll to use the other one mm. you know and I find I get out of it that way um I do prefer one over the other, but I'm not gonna say on the because 'cause
0: get killed. <laughs> <laughs> well it's you no, know, it's it's funny, but you know, and it's a bit like I think sometimes farriers let themselves down. Because I like I guess we've all been in a situation where we turn up at a yard and we've not got something, so we bodge something. And it was funny, I got a phone call. So there was a big show sent. I center. called it Problem Solving. <laughs> <laughs> but I got I got a call the other week. And there was a big show centre near me. And I get loads of calls at weekends. I don't know whether they Google it. But they're like, I've, tra- I've traveled all the way from the Outer Hebrides. I've yeah, come down yeah. to this regional finals or whatever. And they don't, they'd never put a duty farrier on.
2: Because oh, I don't like paying them. Yeah.
0: I think they've got a big festival there. They have one then, but, you know, we show people, like, they're just greedy, aren't they? Anyway, so they've got no duty farrier, and someone's travelled down from the other end of the country to go to this final, and they've pulled a the shoe off in the box. Yep. And I always get these phone calls, and I always, well, sorry, I'm not here, I'm away, which I usually am, but, so, yeah, I can't do it. Try someone else. I don't know. Yeah, numbers. you know, don't know, it's it's not. It, they're not well, it's it tell you it
1: tell you it's, job to. Yeah, exactly. You know, sort various all the various numbers
0: out for them. Exactly. That's what the FRC's website is for. Well, exactly. So, I got a call the other week, and the trouble was, I've, I, I was out riding my bike, so I got my. I'm listening to my music. I'm riding, and I'm blowing out my backside. <laughs> quite frankly. <laughs> I do walking up the stairs and, and anyway, I'm, listening to, I'm listening to music and then all of a sudden the music stops and the phone starts ringing and I thought oh. and for some reason I would never normally answer it but I pressed the answer button oh dear and then this woman started talking at me and telling her sob story about how her daughter was crying because she's pulling her yeah. shoe off blah, blah, blah. and it's a Sunday and I was like oh god and I made the mistake of listening to it for more than 30 seconds because then I felt sorry for her yeah um, so I said right okay I'll come and do it. She goes. The only trouble is, it's got pads on. We've got the pad with the shoe and blah blah blah. So not a problem. Anyway, so we get there. It's some dressage competition, some regional under sixteen thing.
2: Yeah.
0: And it's a pony. It's a dressage. I mean, it's pure dressage. It's quite a high level. First of all, it's three quarter three eight concave on it.
2: Yeah.
0: Only ever goes in the school. And I'm like, well, if it was that much of a high level dressage, or what are in concave working on an arena surface? Yeah. Yeah. You know, if it was an eventer, yeah, it's different, but not an hour and hour dress ardues. And this three D pad, so it wasn't it wasn't a big foot. It would would have been let's say twelve and a quarter inch foot. Yeah. Front foot. And it must have got the biggest three D pad you'd ever seen to the point that had He'd had to cut away that <laughs> flange, that much, and it was literally a thin strip, which fitted to the outside rim of the shoe—a thin strip from like frog oh, plate them, yeah. to yeah, frog yeah, plate. Yeah, yeah. And he'd had to grind, linish, and burn into the frog plate that much. <laughs> and I was like, "What? <laughs> right? Not not only have you run out the neck, run out of the neck size." you've run out of the next size. And the size before that. (laughs) And I was like, there's a lot of effort gone into that. Yeah. But it's not really, you know, so it was a very, very difficult time. It'd probably be better off not bothering. Exactly. (laughs) And I just, I just, well.
1: Yeah. One thing I have found and I think is interesting and it was Gareth Thomas that put me onto it to be honest because he was using these 3D pads a little bit before me. Yeah. Um, because he was, I think he was trying them for gym or something. Right. And, you know, you get these horses that need a bit of a medial lift or a little bit of a spiral. Well, you
0: say a 3D pad's quite modern for South Wales.
1: I, well, I, I thought so at the time. I thought, oh, hey, does gee. he know about this? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he was like buying the wedge ones yeah, and then just flattening the one side. Okay. And I was like, Oh. Fair play, Gareth. That's that's mm. that's a neat little trick that, and I have used it myself, and you know it's it's worked really really well because you're keeping the weight down as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the beauty of that some of these products for me is is weight. I think weight's yeah. always an issue. Yeah. So I mean, you I, know, the lighter we can keep it, the
0: better. I mean, I've used wedge pads before where I've gone up a size and yeah, you know, spluttering around. Bit, you yeah. Know. Um, but no, that's that's actually really really yeah, it's clever that. Yeah, I thought it was. Mm. Yeah, he's not as daft as he looks. That's two clever things he's done. Yeah, I wonder who told him. <laughs> so I can't remember the <laughs> first one. <was> <laughs> um, yeah, so, but yeah, I mean, I've, look, I mean, we've seen like 3D pads when they first come out. People were going on about the 3D printers and stuff and obviously mm. we've mass produced them because I, I don't think there's enough 3D printing machines no. to actually turn about out that quick. No, no.
1: I mean, they the, have been. They are injection moulded.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: They, you know, they're not three D printed. Yeah. Um, they are injection molded, but I, I do like as well. There, uh, they have this antimicrobial mm. um, compound to them, which at f- I, fir- I actually first thought. I thought, no, that's a gimmick. Yeah. There's no way that can work with a with a polymer plastic like that. Yeah. yeah. And then I was speaking to somebody who's actually a chemist. He says, "No, that's actually quite plausible." Yeah. Yeah, we can, that can work. And I was like, "Okay, what do I know?" Mm. You know, so that's a, that's quite a good thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I say, they you do see them a lot, but I say the the thing the thing about it, and like I say, you, you know, we're you, all about taking pictures of work and stuff. I mean, like, I think if I'm gonna take pictures, it's because it's something really out of the ordinary, mm. Um or. It's something handmade, and I just like the look of it, yeah. you know, because yeah. I've put a bit of time and effort into that. You know, I could have prefabbed it, you Yeah, know, I've got the shoes to do that, but you know, yeah, like, like, like you, yourself, we like our shoe making.
1: Yeah, when you've tapped something out and you, you know, you think, oh, and you put it on, and it actually looks really good, and you know, the horse is performing well in them.
2: Mm.
1: You know, I think that's just a little bit of a professional pride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And why not? Um, especially if somebody else can then follow that. Mm. And have a goo themselves, you know. You know and so, you know,
0: you know, but there's a lot of things I mean,
1: we come from the same similar era. There's not much you can do We can't do with the borrow steel and a few tools in the back of the van, no. is
0: there? No, you're right. I mean, I, I can still remember going back to Vetec when um when Mark still had Brooks Lane, he got he obviously he was selling the stuff and he'd got the guy from Vetec and he came mm. down to the army camp. And um, they, we had a sort of CPD day where they went through the sort of super fast and yeah, all that yeah. stuff. And um, Mark's kind of like did the opening sort of spill for the and introduced this guy. And he says, right, <laughs> what, is, what we got here? <laughs> he says, you lot don't really need this because you can do it all at anvil. <laughs> but for those who can't, this stuff will get you out of the shit. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a very good mark quote, actually, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but, you know, it had its place. And actually, Indeed. Some, Indeed. sometimes good shoe making in conjunction with stuff like that.
1: Yeah. You know, kind of win-win then, isn't it?
0: Because there there's always going to be some stuff you can't do with a hammer. Yeah. Unfortunately. But yeah. um, well, that's I'll, why it's a good tool to to have. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you, you something know, extra you need. Going, going back to sort of like other modern things when we, we were talking about different bar shoes, that. But like when Workman brought out the Ortho kit, yeah, that was a game changer. Yeah, there's been a few, and some of them not very good different bar suit shoe inserts over mm. the years. And you know, so a lot of people used to prefab drop a bit of rasping or a bit of inch eight or whatever. Um, but you know, when the Workman Ortho kit first came out. That was like really the first sort of like almost Lego-like. Well, was, it was, wasn't it? It was like a McCarnell thing, yeah. You know, you've got different sizes, different types, you know, extensions. I mean, yeah, okay, there's been bar inserts, but no one's ever had extensions exactly. and wide branches yeah. and stuff like that. And toe and, extensions. Yeah. I mean, you know, and that I, I took a lot from that. <laughs> Funny enough, I did, I did a lecture at college today um, sort of revising different functions mm. of different types of bar shoes and stuff and one of the pictures on this presentation is the old um um ortho kit logo yeah that's sort a of workman shoe with all the different ortho kit bits because yeah. that kind of everything's in that tool. yeah it's, yeah it's, it's, it's a great it's kind of tool, what what do you need yeah you exactly. here you go, zip it in and you're you done. know and also it was a great thing of like when people try to replicate that in shoemaking it's in the wrong place. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's And when you look quite often th- it's in
1: the wrong place and it's too big and it's too heavy. Or well, it's, it's too exaggerated or... Yeah. And it's, you know, you're thinking, well, how's that poor horse now going to be expected to perform yeah. with that thing? It's on? still got a function. Yeah. And it, it, one of the things, again, packages, if you want to call it. One thing I see is we kind of going down two different pathways. Are we shoeing horses for pathologies or are we shoeing horses for performance? Mm. I'm seeing too many horses that are supposed to perform with these remedial shoes on mm. that is actually injuring the performance and making yeah. other things break. And it's mm. like, come on, you know, think about traction. How's that horse going to move? How's that surface interaction going to be? You know, we put some of these things on and then. It goes into a big, deep sand school. They don't need it anyway.
2: No, exactly. <laughs> do you know
0: what I mean? No, you know it's it's like crazy. But then you get you do get as well. I mean, like, I mean, some farriers are guilty of not having enough knowledge to back themselves up, and you have some vets out there who don't quite understand the intricacies of shoeing and how the shoe affects on what surface, and like you know. We've got a horse. It predominantly works on the concrete, and they want a suspensory shoe on it. Yeah, I, mean, I know we talked about suspensories and yeah. stuff before. Yeah, you know, it's so like it wants a wide. wide toe, and it never goes on anything yeah. soft. Yeah, that's not a... going to work.
1: Exactly. You know. You know, it's like come on, let's let's start thinking about why we're doing something instead of just reacting and doing things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had, I had a couple of guys who have been pestering me like, man, oh, we we want to come here. Come over and, and ride out with you. And I said, well, Why? You're just going to be bored stiff. Mm. I said, You won't see any of all this fancy stuff you see on Facebook. You'll just see everyday regular shoeing. Yeah. You know, you're not going to see all these fancy stuff. So, what's the point? You know, you're going to come and be totally disappointed because, you know, I'm not using this product and I'm not using that product. And I'm not. Because I don't need to. If I do, then I do. Yeah. You know, but it's kind of when I need it, not just because. I've got it.
0: No, ex- exactly. I mean, and again, you know, I say going back to the Orfo kit, what that also did was that Ben started of loads of different manuals. I mean, I know Heinrich did with Viking and other manufacturers have come out with their own.
1: Yeah, they are, their own takes on th- things. Their own
0: takes on stuff. I know yeah, Jim yeah. brought out loads of stuff. Yeah. What I liked about Jim's was all the little holes, like in the front, in the uh, in the heart bar. I mean, a bit difficult to fit because they're quite intricate. But where you've got all the holes in there, you know. I mean, there's
1: weight reduction and everything. Well, there's weight reduction. If you're going to use material, it's going to stick in there. Well, well, exactly.
0: But they're on about the impression material keying in and stuff. But I said to Jim when he brought them out, I said, I said, what's the one thing, you know, when you talk talk about bar shoes and horse owners Mm. and stuff, what's the one negative you always say about putting on bar shoes? Hard to keep it hygienic, yeah, what you've just done is invented a bar which a you can flush through, yeah, and the air can get to the underside of the frog, yeah, yeah, oh, it can reset, oh. yeah, so yeah, and there's something to be said about that, you know Yeah, but again, that was an accident that, but it 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 pretty did it worked so, yeah exactly, yeah, um but then there's there's one thing i I'd use on one horse in particular. And I think Kelvin, Kelvin does them because they're one of Kelvin's inserts. And it's almost a half shoe insert. I mean, yeah. it's quite a heavy package, but it's one horse's shoe. It goes bloody well in them. Well, that's the thing, because eh? the horse actually needs it. Yeah, because it, it's got horrible conformation. It's got horrible feet and it just loads. And yeah. It only ever goes on the school. but the back end, any other shoe, it just pff, sinks in. Yeah, so it's just holding it up. So it just holds it up. Yeah, you know, yeah. And but again, you wouldn't be able to make that shoe. You could make a European bar shoe, a Brexit bar shoe. Yeah, but how much work's that bar- going to be? Exactly.
1: Yeah. Is it repeatable every like five, six weeks? Yeah, exactly. You know, you're going to get to the point and think, oh God, I'm going to meet them again. Mm. Whereas you can just pick that up and zip them in and you're done. And you've, you've got it in like half, well,
0: well a and the other two, third well, of the time. The other thing with a lot of these inserts and prefabbing bar shoes and stuff, you can fit the shoe exactly. first yeah. then drop it in that's why
1: I prefer them to be yeah. honest no, yeah, no there's no lot to be said for it yeah so because you, you know you you get some of these feet and you look at them I mean I've got one at the moment he's a he's a, um, a jumping stallion and he's a he's a he's a big lad mm. um, he's as good as gold Cram, he's got the worst feet you could ever see I mean they're as straight as a table edge and they just smash off because he's a criminal with pure white and his soles as flat as a pancake, and you know uh, he, he good, has to have good, art balls on. Good breeding stuff. exactly. <laughs> yeah, and that's what they're using him for. Um Bree's got like he's got medial and lateral quarter cracks, or I did have. So you know, I put art balls on him. But because of the shape of his feet, it's so easy to fit an open heel tube, yeah. and then just zip the, Yeah. you know, just weld the frog plate in there. Just yeah. trying to to get him manufactured. Art bar on him. Oh, it's just yeah. Actually, quicker making one.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know, <clears throat> and you know this goes down to that whole kind of you know shoe making over forging versus fitting and stuff like that. You know, and the I like to think you and me, you and me we can forge, but it's just some things are just too difficult to fit.
1: Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know, and. It's just too much hard work on some yeah, of them. Absolutely. You know, you look at it and think, oh my God, I'm going to make something up for that. And you may do it the first time and get a real buzz out of it and actually get it right. But then you come to the, maybe the third time you've got to shoot that horse with them and think, oh God, God I'm going to make them again.
0: I know, novelty's worn off You now. know, Yeah, especially when you're not getting paid for it. No, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know. It's, it's, um... it is. it is, you know, everything's got to be taken into account when you do use these products and use these things and whatever you're going to use on an horse.
0: Time costs more than welding rods. Yes,
1: yeah, and it's so much easier, it's less stress on your body. Yeah. You know, it's it's and it's more repeatable and cheaper for, for the owner in the long run because a lot of it does come down, is like, you know, is it cost effective? No. They may pay for it once, yeah. they may even pay for it twice. But trying to get them to pay for it every five
0: or six weeks, you've got no chance. Well, and the other thing is, so if you've got some kind of weird and wonderful variant bar shoe you are made for a horse, if you go to a competition and you go and make a pair of complex shoes, it's going to be a 50 to 60 minute class. Yeah. And you're going to be blowing out your hoop at the end of it wanting yeah. to have a sit down in a Red Bull. <laughs> and maybe something could be stronger because it is, So, if you put that into real time, so you're going to make them shoes to a good standard without beasting yourself. Yeah, you could nearly stick another half an hour, even more yeah, onto yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Who's paying for that? And you still want to go and shoot a
1: thing as well? Exactly. Yeah. Like I say, you might get a buzz of it to be the first couple of times. Yeah, exactly. That's
0: soon gonna wear off. Well, and the other thing, you know, and this has always been a thing. I mean, I used to you know, being a shoemaker and stuff and you used to do that thing was you'd go to some of these big vet hospitals and you know, you'd you'd go and meet the farrier there, who, you know, got a good reputation. You've seen him at competitions and that yeah. as well, so we can do it. And you'd always come away disappointed because he prefabbed everything and used ready-made everything and pads and all that. And you think, Hook oh, you, you could have rattled out a, a, an omnidirectional heart bar and that, yeah. Cause yeah. You, and yeah. you think, oh, my God. And you think, yeah, but he's got back-to-back clients coming in. And exactly. also, it's about hospital. Yeah. He's shooing it and he's referring it back to the primary farrier. Yeah. Now, what if that primary farrier is not a shoemaker? Exactly. It's got to be repeatable, isn't it? Exactly.
1: You know, it's got to be an easy follow, easy to follow recipe. Exactly. Otherwise, there's no point because it's not going to happen, is it? No. We know that. You, you know, yeah. it's going to go back, and it's going to somebody's going to look at it. And think, there's no way I can do that. I'm just going to do this. Yeah. And you're you back know. to square one. Exactly. So yeah, it's got to be repeatable.
2: You know,
0: it's. Um, but again, you know, we've talked about prefab bar shoes. So let's just finish up because we've been going on a while. Let's just finish up. Um, just talking about just going back to basics with bar shoes more than anything. Um, just talk about some some basic different sort of bar shoe variants because again, we've obviously there's been a there's a lot of stuff in Farry which is sort of anecdotal hearsay where your boss was taught one thing, then your boss taught you, then you yeah. taught your apprentice. And it's just like, and some of it sounds a bit kind of petty, but you know, when we talk about function of these different shoes, we've got to get it right. And one of the, one of the common things, and I've seen this with apprentices and I've also seen this with people on AW courses and stuff, when you're kind of going through shoe boards and yeah, asking them more yeah. questions and you get a straight bar shoe and you go, what's the function of this shoe? Yeah, I know it's, where you're coming it's from. It's a support shoe. Yeah, support the heels. How does it do that then? It don't. No. <laughs> you know, the primary function of a straight bar shoe or any bar shoe is to give 360 degrees stabilisation to the underside of the hoof capsule.
1: Yeah, add rigidity to an unstable hoof capsule. Yeah,
0: you're you, you reducing the effects of shearing forces. Yeah, yeah. You know, bit front to back, side to side. Yeah, but it's like they the think
1: that little bit of get air between the bar and the back of the foot is actually holding the weight of it up.
0: Yeah, you know. <laughs> but again, you know, I mean, I, I I was taught that, and you can even read yeah. in some of the older textbooks but you know bar shoe for extra support. Well, it's that again, it's like it's. I was doing this
1: with the Italian guys on Sunday. I gave them a bit of a lecture. This word support gets used a lot mm. with very little meaning to it. What no. do we what do we mean by support? What does support mean? It means holding something in a position. Yeah, yeah. When we use it in Ferrari, it's holding something in an anatomically correct position. Yeah, but that comes at the price. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. I mean, we remedial Ferrari, just on this point, where I where I think, is there's two main things: are support, support what, and how, and then deeper, like de stressing. Is it a soft tissue injury, is it a dense tissue injury? What are we trying to achieve there? Do we move the grain reaction forces one way or another? Are we moving towards the injury or away from it? Mm. You know, are we robbing Peter to pay Paul?
2: Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. You know, and the other thing, when you look, well for a start, you look at, and this this always from a shoemaking point of view, really perplexes me when we look i mean yeah okay you can buy mustard liberos and strommies mm. and stuff you can get them in <clears throat> 25 for 10 <coughs> sections like that you yeah. know which is quite a hard wearing shoe in this day and age yeah but yeah most of the three quarter full of shoes flat shoes people are putting on out of boxes now five sixteenths eight mil
1: yeah
0: why is it when it comes to a diploma exam or an associate exam, especially associate, because you're putting on heavier bar shoes. Oh yes, I
1: know where you're coming
0: from. Why has everything got to be made out of? Yeah, inch be three eight. Yeah, always. do no matter what size the footies. You know, um, yeah, it's always got to be inch three eight. Yeah, um, and you think, well, in this day and age, you know, with weight and everything else like that, because if we were going to Pretty well, fabulous. How much road
1: work do they do these days? Well, exactly. To when we were younger. Well, most I was mean, are in an arena 90% not, of the time. I'm not
0: being funny. Most of the machine maids I put on now, and I do put a lot of like flat, free, quarter, yeah. liberos, yeah. Same here. Uh, workmen, stuff like that. I'm refitting them two or three times. Yeah, yeah and that's the eight mil ones. Exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, exactly. You come, well, you come to the horse getting it have not even took the nail heads off.
0: I know. Well, you maybe use a smaller nail. No, don't 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 put eights in, mate. Send only a size two. <laughs> but
1: no, um, I like the mod wearing ones, you know, with the big tops on.
0: <laughs> but you know, I mean, I I I I've often said to you know, I mean, a classic example. I mean, you know, we've worked together for many years doing this, but you get to diploma, or certainly in mm. the olden days when we had yeah. had a diploma exam, um, the you always get that 12 and a half inch foot yeah does it yeah. want 3 quarter 3 8 jumped or does it want inch 3 8 drawn yeah why don't you just put inch 5 16 on it yeah because it the best of both exactly and yeah. it's it's not going to stretch too much it's easier to fit and actually the yeah. foot wants it yeah definitely I think it all boils down to but I haven't got the right fullers I think that's the biggest
1: part and I, I'm seeing that a lot when, you know, when I do the odd clinic or two you get you know you we're going to use 8 mil and they use like a you know a full of a ten mil or even twelve some of them, and then wonder why they can't get the nail to fit. Mm. You know, come on, we we were almost upped on this ten mil. Yeah. And I think I think a lot of it actually comes from concave. You know, because when you use concave, what what's the most popular section you can ever get with concave? So 8. But then transfer that into flat steel and it's a whole different category yeah, exactly you know concave is, is naturally light yeah exactly but you then transfer that same section into flat steel and there you are getting heavy mm. you know you're up to very rarely can you get 22 by 10 mm. flat steel um, so quite often you have to make it so you start off with 25 or 20 or, like you say you either bump up or draw down, depending on your, your kind of skill set. Yeah. And to me as well, I used to like say to people, just look at the horse that stood on it. Yeah. Is it a, a you know a chunky cob type where you can get away with a wider section? Because if you put that on that little flighty thoroughbred, and it's going to look like it's got an anvil strapped to the bottom of it.
0: <laughs> I did work out once, talking about being able to, I mean, you can get it, but it is like quite yeah it's quite hard to get you can get the 22 by 10. yeah or um seven eight three eight flat still but i always said because what's don't matter what forge you go to there's always racks and racks and racks of free go three quarter by half yeah um flat yeah i remember we had that much of it at melton we had that much inch five eight and three quarter by half we could have built half an aircraft carrier. <laughs> I tell you, yeah, that much. But um, yeah, bridge over the river quite I, I worked out if you cut ten inch, uh, sorry, twelve inches, uh, three quarter a half, yeah, pan it pan down, it yeah, to um, ten mil, yeah, and it will it will exp- and keep it square. It will expand to seven eight, yeah, and it will give you thirteen inches. Yeah, perfect. Cut half inch off. There you go.
1: Yeah, I remember perfect. we used to teach that. Yeah yeah get that 20 uh, yeah inch inch by uh, three quarter
0: by off you know and flatten it out you know practice making shoes of it put a couple of bits in your toolbox and if you get one of those feet on exam day boom, happy days yeah just
1: think about what you're doing trouble is a lot of i see a lot of people that they just don't think they just go through
0: through the motion well and also doing things like that's effort as well but it's not is it well it's not really it's um you know it's fighting the you know you know and he got you out to so many you know corners yeah
1: you know i think that's the beauty of being able to make shoes he's, he's learning these forging processes so when you do need it
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's, it's the uh, tool in the locker it's there uh, you know
0: but again i think a bit of a trouble with it as well though. it's all very well having those skills but you've got to keep on top of those skills because you can get, <coughs> you can get skill Excuse fade very, you know and some people more than others can get skill fade. <coughs> with me. shoemaking very yes. very simply i mean yeah we we all know that one guy who can pick a hammer up having not picked up a hammer for 10 years they can just make something really really nice but a
1: really few yeah. and far between though aren't they yeah you know and that's <coughs> that's why i think you know Farrow is, is a vocation not just a job
0: Well, I mean, it's one of these
1: things. If if you don't if you don't keep going forward and stay still, Mm. all
0: you end up doing is going backwards. Well, like I always say, though. I mean, I mean, again, not it's not everyone's cup of tea. But (coughs) how many jobs do you know where people take time off at the weekend to go and do (laughs) their job, pay (laughs) money, pay money to do it, yeah, pay money as an entry fee to go and do it. Something and to be, rip it apart. Yeah, and perhaps someone else <laughs> tell you you're not very good at it. Yeah, tell you you because one of these jobs where you don't do that. Electricians and plumbers don't do it. No, no. We're gonna have a pipe off. Oh dear. Uh, yeah. Well, but no, it's um, it's mental. So yeah, so straight bars. You know, it's there. I mean, the the other advantages to a, to a straight bar is you have got a bigger surface area. Yeah. Dissipation of concussion. I mean, I, say, I was talking to students about this the other day when I was going through shoeboard um, orals. Um, and the, one thing I would say about ground reaction forces is obviously, when you get these horses on a soft surface, when they load the hills and the hills sink into the ground before break off, uh, break over and stuff, um, yes, you are potentially keeping them hills a bit further up on the surface yeah. because you've got the bigger surface area at the back part of the shoe.
1: And I think on some dressage horses, especially the top end ones, you know, where they're doing these silly things like pirouette, you know, if you've got a bar shoe on the back feet, hmm. those feet are going to transverse round from side to side a lot easier on the, on top of the surface yeah, than yeah, they absolutely. are having to, you know, pull themselves out. And similar thing with show jumpers.
0: Incidentally, I was coming to someone the other day, not to mention their names, they've been to do some work with the hoof beat. Um, somewhere and they were looking at some horses which I think the horse (coughs) had been shod obviously for an AW practice or some form of exam. but handmade straight bars you know like we do with nice sharp corners on it and all that and sharp edges and all crisp and beautiful and they they looked it on the hoof beat and when they kind of reef I think they refitted them Mm-hmm. Uh, went, but one thing they did do, when they refitted them, they got on the linisher and they softened all the back of the bar. They took the sharp yeah. corners off. Yeah. It went so much better. Yeah,
1: yeah, because it's that extra leverage force when it comes down to land slightly or yeah. first to fly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, the, the corners are supposed to give you medial lateral stability. But you see a lot of these horses when they come to land, if the bar's sticking out that far behind, it's it's just acting like a, like a brake. Yeah, you know that foot's going to hit the floor and egg bars especially we've, we've seen the problems we had with them in mm. in the past especially on front feet you know they come to land and next thing the toes being accelerated into the ground and the heels are crushed even more
0: yeah i mean it's that whole thing of again going back to straight bars where the frog clips over the years i mean i remember when i first yeah. started the fashion at the time was you welded it and then you stuck it over the back corner of what's name, and it was a straight bar. So yeah. it was straight through the front and the back edge. And then all of a sudden, people started to set <clears throat> ball panes and draw a frog clip. Yeah. Yeah. And Make then. A frog then- a few years later, that people started to then hockey stick them so you've got the square corner yeah. or the corners and an exaggerated solid frog clip, yeah, which means you put more weight into it, yeah, and then when if you go on the soft ground or on surface, jam against it. it's acting as a land anchor exactly yeah it's just going and then jarring up dead. the back it's yeah, jarring up the back of the foot, yeah, I mean, I always do the thing where I always get round side or the back of the anvil and i, I scallop the back of it out yes. i get a slightly bigger frog clip which gives a bit more support through the back and a wider bar yeah but but the, the, the debris I've can travel so- over exactly it. and i've softened it all yeah,
1: yeah yeah i do exactly the same thing and i actually teach there as well yeah i do yeah you know because you see these I mean, we've got to face facts a lot of these horses do spend more time in an arena these days than they do on the road mm. you know so farry's got to kind of represent that a little bit more yeah exactly but then we've got to understand how feet interact with this surface. Yeah. You know, are we shoeing them for riding, basically hacking on the road? Or are we showing them to be in an arena? I mean, one of the biggest problems we have in this country is a lot of them do a lot of both. Yeah. You know, where I've been to certain other countries where they're, they're predominantly there. That's it. That's all it's ever it's going to walk from the box, either be trailered or boxed to an arena and back again. That's yeah. it. It's never going to touch a road. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have that here. We, you know, there's, they do quite a, quite a lot of road work still, and then going in an arena. So we we do have to think about it maybe a little bit more. Yeah. It's probably why there's so many potholes. Probably. <laughs> Especially around here, <laughs> looks like Putin's uh, Suku bombers have been rimmed. <laughs> it has
0: been, yeah. I love I love the way they normally blame potholes because of the snow and the ice. We've not really had any, just lots of water. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, obviously, spoke a little bit about egg bars there. Now, again, you know, really <coughs> aiming this at kind of um, level three apprentices you know and again was a lot of people's we was always taught you know and it says in the books and part of the syllabus you know egg bar it's um again 360 degrees of support yeah with extra cordal support what does that mean <laughs> well <laughs> i urge anyone <laughs> to get the same size egg bar and straight bar and put them back to back yeah you are literally getting Three millimeters more support, yeah. Uh, very kind of at the egg
1: part. The um, I wouldn't even say support, I'd say his leverage.
0: Well, exactly. Um, obviously, you know, back in the 80s, there was a lot. I mean, it said in one of the books that like something like it, it came from Sweden, didn't it? Well, it said something about was it the 1984 Olympics? Something yeah, like, yeah, it was eight, or something eight, like that. 80% of the horses at the um, 84 Olympics were mm. shod in. Egg bars in front, or it was a very fashionable shoe which fixed everything from the vicular yeah. to migraines. Yes, at the definitely. Time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and curly coat syndrome, but no, it was you know it was a shoe. It was wasn't it, it was a like a steel aspirin. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it was primarily prescribed for horses with navicular. Yeah, and the emphasis being on it gave extra caudal support. Yeah, now which is the last thing they want. Well, I I really 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 believe in what we know now, and like I said to you earlier, and alluded to, I think it's the same with bilateral side bone. Yeah. When we have these conditions, like obviously bilateral side bone, you know, you put pressure on the frog, you push into that digital cushion, it's got nowhere to go. No, because no the like you're college, just compressing everything. Yeah, and then the cartilage is solid. And I, you know, I, I you know, obviously I've spoke to. Uh, John, a lot over the past, and he said he's got his client, this horse, they have to shoot it in egg bars. It's yeah. got bilateral side bone. The only thing that we'll, would we'll make it go sound is these egg bars. Yeah, And I think it's the same in navicular. Everything, I mean, obviously, we stopped using egg bars 10 years ago because the vets were getting us to fit them longer and longer and longer. Oh, they and, were just turning And into, the feet yeah. were just prolapsing inwards, weren't exactly. they? Exactly. Yeah. Again, dare say, if we'd use these pads and packers, in conjunction with it wouldn't have happened they probably have had a lot more success to be honest yeah yeah, yeah. but anyway so we stopped using them because they were trashing feet and crushing heels. Yeah. big style but <clears throat> looking back in hindsight I think this is why they were very successful with navicular cases because it was offloading you know we were sh- literally shooing yeah, around the problem some movement we were, in were the shooing around exactly. the problem weren't we yeah
1: yeah. You know, not pushing that tendon up against the navicular and the navicular into the the joint
0: yeah so I just I just think you know it perhaps was the right shoe maybe could have done with for a different reason yeah maybe could have done with I don't know something to kind of hold the middle bit out without loading it I don't know some kind of very soft packing material or something yeah pad
1: Um, giving back to these pads and packing materials you know when you have got a horse where there's like maybe navicular issues that can be a minefield yeah absolutely you know because what are we trying to do are we trying to support it well if you there's a very fine line between support and compression yeah you know you stick something rigid in there and you push that tendon surface up against the bone even
0: more it's going to go (laughs) out yeah yeah but again you know we've all come across different horses which react differently to different things even though they've got the same pathological changes
1: yeah, well, it, it, it's a syndrome, isn't it? Mostly, mm. um, so they say. That's probably when they say, well, we don't really know where it is. Yeah. Or is it soft tissue? Is the bone involvement? You know, if, if it's just soft tissue, then quite a lot of them actually do like that support. Mm.
0: Well, I think, you know, again, we're, 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 we, have we talked about navicular disease and syndrome
1: before? I think we did, yeah. But we went off on a few tangents. Yeah, but I mean, the key thing with <coughs> that, really,
0: if you've got the, di- the correct diagnosis, in most yeah. cases, syndrome doesn't exist. No. Because if you stick it in an MRI or a bone scan, it's going to tell you yeah. what ligament it is, what part of the bone it is, what structure it is. Syndrome is just guesswork. Yeah, exactly. That could was, be this, it could be that, it could be the other. You know, that's when we've not got the availability of the correct diagnosis no and a lot of it's done because again
1: going back to costs yeah you know how many horses do you see mroid mm. not as many as we should no you know the radio you know they're still diagnosed on radiographs but radiographs are not going to show any soft tissue injury mm. so you know we're working blind still exactly you know even in this day and age we're st- with a lot of them we're still working blind yeah and a lot of it is just guesswork.
0: Yeah, you know. And, you know, I mean, just to sort of finish on, really. And it is, I find it quite interesting because, you know, part of this subject, Packages, is kind of, it's come from, <clears throat> you know, when I listen to Brian's podcast, you know, one of the questions you always ask at the end is, what's your go-to package for a mystery like this? And it's actually quite interesting listening to what people come out with. I mean, for a lot yeah, of them, they're yeah. pretty caught off guard anyway. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, some of the best ones are the people who go, you know, just subtle stuff like, you know, softening outside branches. So sometimes that's all it needs. You know, You know. Yeah. the linisher. It's, it's not so much the forging, <laughs> it's what the yeah. linisher does. You know, yeah. make the shoes comfortable because they let's face
2: Sometimes it. Sometimes
0: the horse is trying to tell you something. Well, let's face it, when we started, horses made themselves comfortable by accelerated wearing the first sort of like week of the shoeing cycle. Yeah. Get it out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, I remember doing yard checks on the army horses twice a week. And you put a horse down for shoeing because it nearly worn its toe off. It only been shot ten days. Yeah. And you think, ooh, we can't really, ooh, it's a bit soon. Let's see what it's like next week. You go and look at it next week. Yeah, it doesn't week, do, anything, do and anything. it hasn't again. gone any further. Exactly. Oh, going to where it's comfortable. Exactly. What it doesn't happen anymore because they yeah. don't wear the shoes out. No. So we've got to do it for him with the yeah. old linisher. And, you know, I think a lot of he's been able to read mm. what's happening. Sympathetic core cool shoeing. Yeah. That's what it is. That's what I like to call it. Yeah. And let's face it, we're shoeing a lot more geriatric Oh, horses, big, b- a big which way. are carrying a lot more injuries and stuff. Yeah, but, you know, they, they're going longer, they're doing more.
1: You know, if they kept alive with steroid injections. Yeah, pass from one owner to the next.
0: You know, it's...
1: I think I think Mark Mark Caldwell. it on the head for me once when he said, uh, is when you go to an horse, you think, what, what can I do for you, not what can I do to you."
0: Yeah, you yeah, know? no, I, I think that's, a, that's, that's a good kind way of looking stuck looking, with that. me.
1: Yeah, it's one of his better sayings. Yeah, he's... Other than, <laughs> other than get the drinks in, you lazy git. <laughs> that was a bit soft. Um, I could have used other words. No, but I thought, no, 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 it's, no. It should be in uh, public domain.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I don't want to have to... I don't like over-editing it. <laughs> you know, oh, it's, um, too many bleeps. So, just to finish off with, I say started something with Dean's podcast last one would be end game questions because you can't have a you can't have a podcast without a set of questions at the end of it okay a generic questions Just don't make them too difficult well <laughs> so first one question one. The one obviously there is this depends on what country you're from whether you got it or not obviously we're based in the uk we have regulation um what do you think would happen if we deregulated what would happen to the ferry what do you think would happen to the ferry industry in this country
1: i think it would make us focus a little bit more on business you make us a bit more competitive with each other i think we do rest on our laurels a little bit or nobody else can do it only people that are registered um I don't think the standards of well, equine welfare would go down in this day and age because there is so much scrutiny mm. on welfare. Mm. Uh, I don't think that would happen.
2: Mm.
1: I kind of I do think it might be a step back, but the way things are going, would that actually be a bad thing, a reset? Mm. I think we've just had it a bit too easy, too long. And... You'd- one thing I have picked up from from going around these different countries, and some of the ones like you were saying earlier that you don't think as big fairy countries, is they seem to be progressive and we're not. No. And I know. I think it is a bit of a worry.
0: Yeah. No. I, I I would agree with a lot of that. Obviously, I guess I'll voice my opinion on that question on another day. But um, this is all about you, mate. Um, <laughs> okay. So that's question one. Question two. What do you think the single biggest evolution in Ferrari has been in your career? In my career, yeah. What's the biggest, uh, most positive change you've seen?
1: I think the quality of the machine made you. Yep. Um, has kind of helped a lot. Mm. Um, back when I was young, especially as an apprentice, yes, we had made everything. Up until i was a third year and then you know because we won't buy machine made shoes but then they've got better and better and i think that is yes it's probably played into the hands of people that can't forge and gets them out of a lot of sticky situations but maybe that's a good thing for the horse itself well yeah because the horse is, is benefiting mm. you know um like the machine made bar shoes and things that you can get I and mean, you can get them all sorts and sizes. Yeah, it's probably made a few people lazy and they don't really know how to fit them, but they, they put them on and there's benefits. So yeah. how can you really knock it?
0: No, exactly. No,
1: and, then, and then like what we've been talking about tonight, you know, your pads and your fillers.
2: yeah,
1: And glues Absolutely. and adhesives and rebuild materials. We can keep horses going now whereas when the same horse when I was younger would be Basically paddock rested.
0: Well, let's face it. When we were kids, there weren't many ho- horses. You get occasional ancient pony. But mm. There weren't many horses still alive over the age of 20. No. It was rare. Sacred cow-type yeah. territory.
1: I do think a little bit it has made a rod for our own back. Yeah. Because people expect these horses to recover faster, being able to compete even though they've had a you know an half-serious injury. Go on a lot longer than they used to. Um, I think it's a double-edged sword.
0: Yeah. To be honest. And lastly, going back throughout your whole career, from apprentice to now, if you could go and change back and change anything, you know, be it something you didn't spend more time doing or something you once you wouldn't do, you would have maybe taken a different direction. If you could go back and change anything over your career, what would it be? Oh, that's a bit of a difficult one. Work with me more. You can say that, That's
1: fine. Yeah. (laughs) Don't have a problem with that. (laughs) I think the main thing I think is I should have pushed on a bit earlier. Uh, Maybe competed a bit more after I was an apprentice. Uh, I kind of got sucked in a little bit of... Once I'd qualified, I became, and I qualified with honours, I became almost easy prey to some people. Oh, come and work with me, come and work with me. And, you know, I ended up doing the work for them. And basically, they stayed as home until I wasn't needed. And it's all you go off by yourself now. There was a little bit of that when I was younger. Um, I wish me and Neville had never fallen, really fallen out. Um, I missed the old bugger.
0: Oh, Neville Smith, your boss.
1: Yeah. <laughs> when, he was um, when I <laughs> when I handed my notice in, and being as I'd worked for him for two years after I'd qualified, mm-hmm. uh, I handed my notice in and I gave him two months, I think it was back then, and I expected him to do what he'd done to all the others lads that had done that and basically kicked me out the door there and then. No, he, he kept me, he made me work for two months, but from that day till the day I left, he never spoke to me. Everything mm-hmm. he had to tell me went through the other apprentice, and that broke my heart.
2: Yeah, I can imagine.
1: That broke my heart. And the day I left, I went to shake his hand, and he turned away and walked off. Yeah. If I could go back and just sit and talk to him and explain mm-hmm. why I left at that time, you know, and patch things up with him. but
0: Yeah, but again... <sighs> I think you know farriers nowadays are funny buggers farriers back then were even funnier buggers
1: definitely you know it was almost
0: like i mean we look you you did this training job at myersco and at hereford and me you know we both worked together for many many years how many apprentices and atfs did we come across but by the time they got into their fourth years, they weren't even on talking terms, and the day they separated, yeah, they've never ever spoken again or had good words to say about the yeah. person who trained them or the person who they trained for like ten, twenty, thirty. You know, it's I think it's, it's just a shame, though, isn't it? You know,
1: I, I think it's been so long, and it's so you're so close. Mm. You know, you're spending virtually three quarters of the day with each other. You either get on or you don't. And it's so easy to rub people well, up the wrong way. Well, I think
0: the thing is, as well, I think for, you know, I mean, especially, especially in our day, you know, predominantly young lads, mm. us apprentices, and a lot of us, we're lost sheep. And whether we'd got like a, a stable family life back home or not, your kind of ATF does come a bit like a surrogate sort of like dad. Yes.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. but
0: not only is he a surrogate dad, he can show you the ways of life and will take, <laughs> and you can go to the pub with him. Yeah, there's a little bit of you that. Know. Yeah. And you can a have little that little kind of that. sort of like, well, certainly back in them days, you could have that kind of sort of banter, which you probably wouldn't have had with your own father. No, you know. no. Um well, I'm not saying those days were right, but, you know, it was, it, yeah, it's, it is such a shame. I think there was, I think, I think there's probably more respect
1: between The Apprentice and the and the ATF back then. Mm. Um, because it wasn't easy to change. No.
0: No, it was a different system back yeah,
1: then. Yeah. It was hard work. You know, you went to college and I wouldn't say you were bullied or anything, but you were, you know, it was, basically it was a man's world.
0: You know, you, you played up, you knew about it. Well, it, society was different back then. It was. And again, you know, do you know what? I'm not going to fall into the thing of calling out the generation whatever, because at the end of the day... I think we've all got our faults. Again, for what they don't do right, what we did right, we did a lot of wrong, which they don't exactly. do wrong. You know, yeah. it's it's kind of like... Yeah, things
1: evolve and change.
0: Exactly. You know, yeah. it's, this, it's, it's, it's... It's just it's, it's a different
1: will now. Yeah. You know, from the (laughs) 1980s.
0: Yeah, well. Yeah, 1980s. I know. Miner strikes, football violence. I loved it.
1: (laughs) 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 My dad was a coal miner. My father was a coal miner. I remember those days very, very well. Yeah, waiting for uh, food parcels to come through the door so we could actually eat. were the days. Yeah.
0: Oh, I grew Electric
1: up. for only half the half half the day.
0: Yeah, well I I I grew up down south. We we just we saw you you poor people on the news. <laughs> um, you know, whilst we tucked into our pot noodles. <laughs> it was great. Um, pot noodle what did what give him for a pot noodle <laughs> <laughs> Dripping sandwiches, used, that's what we You used, used, used to watch all these oh these these picketing miners. Yeah. Making Mummy, it, making, making it on the cup the, the tea news. with the, the saucepan on the old coal yeah. fire. <laughs> yeah, we used to sort of sit there watching you on the six o'clock news. Mummy, who are these people?
2: Yeah, Why they do they scared? look so dirty?
0: <laughs>
1: They're coal miners, son. Yeah, yeah. The old Tim Bath would come out once a week, whether he needed it or not. <laughs> oh, dear, I don't know. Those are the days. It was, it was a different world, mate. It was a different world. <laughs>